All right, welcome to Pack Talk Podcast, episode 87. We are out today at Eudora Wildlife Safari Park here in Sally, South mm-hmm. Carolina, which is uh, just a little over an hour away from Charleston, South Carolina. So if you are in the South Carolina low country, the mid-state, or even the upper state, or the surrounding states, you definitely need to make it a priority to come out to Eudora uh, Farms. And we're here with Shelby Nisbet. Hey. You grew up on the farm. Yes, sir. So we're going to get her story today. So, Shelby, thanks for having us. Thank you for coming yeah. out. It's a great, great day today. Nice Oh, yeah, perfect cast. weather. Not too hot. And Shelby did hook me up with some peacocks. You got, <laughs> yeah. If you're a listener, you know I like my guineas, but we got peacocks from Shelby. Mm-hmm. And you, were, you will hear guineas in the background. You'll hear peacocks in the background, other animals. You'll hear the uh, safari music. So we're right in the experience right now. Yes, so, sir. But Shelby, take us back to kind of where... Your kind of your earliest memories growing up at Eudora Farms, what was that kind of like? Um, so like when we first started out here, when I was little, we only had 30 acres. So now our farm right now currently is 200 acres. Okay. So we started out with 30 acres. We had a couple ponies. We had a couple Highlander cows and we had a camel named Bubba. And Bubba, my dad got him as a baby, bottle raised him, taught him how to ride. And when my mom and dad got married, he actually walked her down the aisle on Bubba. Really? And Bubba was only three years old, and he only had three rides prior to that. (laughs) So my mom was scared to death. But he did good. And Bubba's what really kind of shot our farm up. He Mm. did movies. He was part of Dear John. Really? Um, All the animals that were in that uh, movie were our animals. And then he did camel rides all over, did the Christmas activities. And so that kind of started our festivals. That's what we started out with a petting zoo, educational mm. petting zoo. So we had just a camel, a couple of cows, llamas, that kind of stuff. We didn't have nothing super exotic at the time. And um, after that, our petting zoo, we started getting asked to go to the more bigger fairs, like your state fairs, your mm-hmm. big county fairs. And then after a couple of years, probably in 20. 12 we became the number one petting zoo in the country we did the new york state fair illinois state fair the georgia national those are some big fairs that we do and so that's what really kind of gave us that push and the funniest part people always ask my dad they're like well how'd you how'd you get into the exotics and stuff well Mm -hmm. daddy originally worked for LabCorp. he sold books and sold that kind of stuff um and then he showed akitas the big bear dogs Um, and so he they asked us all the time too how do we get our name and he lived in mississippi for a little time and he had to come up with a kennel name for Mm. the dog shows and stuff and so he lived on eudora street and he said well um we'll just call the kennel eudora farms and then after that (laughs) it kind of stuck and then he was always obsessed with animals so Got a few guineas. That's where it always starts. <laughs> and then, then he got a couple of cows and yeah. miniature donkeys and stuff. And then it just went from there. And he got laid off at LabCorp in mm. 20, 2002. Okay. And so that really kind of pushed to go do the petting zoos and stuff. Yeah. And then he really got into it, which kind of caused some rift in our family because my parents ended up divorcing in 2014. Okay. And so then Daddy really just jumped into it and then we started having two units that travel simultaneously you guys were in south carolina at the time Mm -hmm. you were right here yep we were i grew up here born raised here and then dad stayed here and we chose to stay with our daddy we was like nope we're staying here i don't we don't want to be away from the animals yeah um but they have these teams that went out and 
traveled around yeah. for the petting zoos. Yeah, and it like we try to tell people, it's not your average petting zoo. It's not just a couple panels, and then your animals all in mixed up stuff. Daddy really, his big thing is to make it a masterpiece on the fairgrounds. Mm. When you see it, you know it's nice and clean. Mm-hmm. So he has ponds that go out in front of our petting zoo, oh. and then they he has these big palm trees that go in there. We use bamboo to decorate, and then it has side walls that kind of look like a jungle. And then each animal, they have their own enclosure, and then they have their own signage. So that way you can read about them, learn about them, hear about some of their uh, environmental stuff that people are doing to try to protect uh, some of these animals that we have. Yeah, yeah. So that was, so that was the big thing for him is he wants to make sure it's educational, not yeah. just your average petting zoo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll talk about the animals themselves here in a minute. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I know COVID took a big toll on you guys, right? Oh, yes, sir. So um, Daddy always had the dream. And like most people, we have big dreams, but we're not sure we're ever going to get there. Yeah. And so once 2020 hit, it was February, March, when COVID started shutting down fairs and they were a little worried about what was going to happen. And so daddy was like, okay, well, hopefully they'll open back up in the summer. We still have some of our contracts that are still standing. Mm -hmm. And, um, then it comes around May, they all start shutting down all Mm -hmm. the way out to October. And so, Daddy, we were really worried because we had all these animals, no income coming in. So, yeah. luckily, he was a great saver yeah. throughout the years and saved a lot of money. But we were ended up selling chain link fences, our gates. Daddy was like, Shelby, you're probably going to have to go work at the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> um, you're like, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to figure <laughs> <No>. this out. <laughs> and so, me, my brother, and some of our close family friends, we all pushed Daddy. We was like, Daddy, you need, you need to open the park. Yeah. And Daddy was like, no, I'm not opening it. It's not ready. It's nowhere near ready. We only have probably 40, 50 animals out here. It's, mm-hmm. it's not what I want it to be. Yeah. And we're like, well, Daddy, we don't have a choice. If yeah. You're, you're going to either have to start selling them or yeah. we're going to have to do something. And so we planned Mother's Day weekend of 2020. We was like, okay, well, that'll be the weekend we open. So that Friday before that Saturday, Daddy literally drove out there with a lawnmower and cut a path with a lawnmower. Really? Through the pastures. What? And he was like, if we can get 20 to 30 cars, that'll be plenty to pay our bills to get us by until the fairs start opening. Yeah. Well, that first weekend we had 300 cars. <sighs> and then the after bills that- bills were paid. Yeah, <laughs> after that, we had that next weekend, it took three hours just to get to our main gate. And then another three hours to get through the park. And it was a big blessing at the time. And all that that we made from that went right back into building stuff. We built our new admission building. We built the new petting zoo area, the parakeet adventure, everything out there. And brought in some new animals. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really took off. But we weren't weren't happy with the big crowds. Because big crowds, that means people are waiting. The public gets a little upset sitting in the car. It's 100 and something degrees outside. (laughs) And then the animals, we didn't have a whole bunch. So about we opened at 9 o'clock. About 10 o'clock, they were full. I was about to say they're full, so they're just sitting there. And so people drove all the way from two, three, four hours away to come to the park, and all the animals are laying down. (laughs) So they were not happy about that. Um, But the best way we could explain explain it to him was like hey well you go to thanksgiving you get a big meal what's the first thing you're gonna do after that big meal you can go take a nap yeah and so that's what they would do so then after two o'clock they would come back up and Mm. they were ready to eat again yeah so our morning crowd and our evening crowd they were the ones that kind of really got the experience of it and then 
now we hear stories all the time we have people that haven't been out here since 2020 mm. and they come back and they're amazed with how much it's grown and yeah. how big the park's gotten now and yeah. how much it's a lot easier to go through now because you're not bumper to bumper right and right. they really enjoy it and there's a lot of animals there yeah, too it's a lot you know. more fun yeah absolutely the giraffes, the giraffes coming, coming out, out now yeah. might see some giraffes if you're watching the video <laughs> version in the background yeah and you guys can come to eudora farms and experience all this yourself mm -hmm. you can do the drive the drive through of the safari areas and then they have the walking areas that you yeah, can check and out we too. just started our twilight rides okay and so that's just like we won't offering a different way for you to see the park and mm -hmm. the twilight rides you own a wagon you have your tour guide but you're the only people out there in the park oh there's no cars no, going through. no other cars going oh, really? through and you kind of get the silhouettes and it's a different feel out in the park because after that time our animals they know it's over right so then they really kind of spread out they get into their herds and yeah. you get to see them kind of move throughout the fields and yeah. stuff and it's really really neat experience yeah. to see it in that type of lighting absolutely um, do, they, do they like have their own bed down areas yeah each, they do uh, a lot of them else? uh during that time they're out grazing and stuff so really if you're there for the excitement of feeding and doing that kind of stuff then the twilight ride might not be the best thing for you right. um but the twilight ride you'll you just have a few less animals coming up to your car because they're really just doing their own thing and you can kind of feel like you're seeing them in their natural habitat what they you. would be doing in the wild yeah yeah that's super mm -hmm. cool now before we get into the different individual animals themselves what about predators do you guys have any predator issue out here no daddy our one rule is if it can eat us we will not have it yeah um yeah. so anything can kill you from a horse cow bee any of that so yeah. that's one thing my dad always says is anything can kill you but we're not gonna have anything that can eat us right and then also like with big cats and stuff like that that just brings PETA and that kind mm. of stuff and we don't want enclosure animals yeah the enclosure animals that we do have were the ones we already originally had yeah and so we wanted to build them something really nice but we don't plan on adding to those yeah. enclosures any issues though with like coyotes trying to get through your fencing to the no, animals at um, all no most of the time with hoofstock um, it keeps that kind of stuff away. So when we first originally were out here, mm. we had a big problem with rattlesnakes. Mm. And um, then once Daddy started getting the donkeys and stuff, they, they learned really quick to get out of here. Really? Um, and then we had a few coyote problems, but then the zebras and stuff. I remember one time we were out here, and it was before we had the regular fencing. It was just wooden fence. Okay. And coyote came under, and mm. he was coming into the pasture. Well, our stud zebra seen him, but the <laughs> coyote didn't see the zebra. Uh -oh. <laughs> and he came flying across that pasture, and the coyote finally realized, and he tried to get underneath that fence. That zebra grabbed him, yanked him back in, stomped him, killed him, and went about his business. <laughs> nice. And we were like, yeah. okay, we're not going to have no more coyote problems. <laughs> so the zebras are the, the main guardians. <laughs> oh, they are, and the emus. Oh, the emus. The emus. What so do they do? They'll, they'll stomp stuff, too, really? um, if they weren't raised with it. Mm. they'll get rid of it too. okay and that's just because they're a prey animal so they oh, want to yeah. protect their cells and predators yeah, yeah um from getting to them but yeah we've had a couple of them that we've raised and we turned out with the goats and yeah. they try to attack the goats oh, and really? we're like oh no 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 you're not living with goats 
Yeah. That's crazy. Now, do the emus, like, sleep on the ground? Yeah, they'll lay down. Um, the big ones that you'll see a lot, uh, a lot of people will find interesting is the ostriches because they kind of lay over here by the walkthrough exhibit. So you'll get to see them laying down, and they mm-hmm. have their heads tucked under them. Yeah, yeah. And then some of our female ostriches, they're gray, so they'll go lay in the dirt, mm. and you won't even realize that they're there oh, until really? they just you're blend in. within 20 feet of them. Then you're like, holy crap, there's an ostrich <laughs> right there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then they've been laying eggs and this was our first year we've been successful with our ostriches laying and actually hatching. Oh, their wow. Own eggs, You're so. incubating them or they're hatching no, them themselves? No, they're hatching them on their own. Okay. Um, with ostriches, it's a lot different than our emus and our rias because we can incubate them mm-hmm. and they come out eating, doing great. Well, ostriches, they have to learn how to eat from their parents. Mm, and we've tried really? to get chicks and put them with emus and rias. They will not learn. Really? So they have to stay with their parents for at least a couple weeks until they're eating really good and then we'll pull them and put them in the barn where they're a little safer because they don't really understand cars yet Mm. and so they'll get ran over we've had a problem with people getting out of their vehicle and trying to steal them Mm. and take them home so as soon as they're yeah as soon as they're big enough and they're eating on their own we will pull them and put them right back in the barn and let them grow and get all the nutrition that they need and then in a few years they'll be ready to go back out yeah if you guys catch people trying to steal an ostrich, what's your dad doing? Um, he's, he's furious. We, we've, we've had that problem, especially with our Rias. Um, and so we had to make a post and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But we've gotten calls of people getting out trying to catch them. Well, mm. We've been lucky nobody has called them. But if we do catch anybody in the car yeah. with a baby, he will press charges. Because yeah. that's a felony offense. Right. Um, because we want the public to be able to enjoy the babies, see the babies and that kind of stuff, but we can't leave them out if people are just going to try to take them and that kind of stuff. Or, and it it could be dangerous too, because you mess with those mama hens, they don't play. And then an ostrich is about six, 700 pounds. Yeah. They're big. That's a big foot. I mean, they're scary. If you see (laughs) them, if you drive through the park and you see them walking, I mean, they're scary. Oh yeah. So we, we, we try to tell a lot of people like, yeah, we want you to see them and stuff, but the big thing is for your safety. Yeah. Is they may look cute, the parents yeah. may look nice and quiet, but yeah. as soon as you go over there and mess with their babies, yeah. they don't play. Now, what uh, when you guys start getting ostriches and emus, what are kind of some of the differences between those two animals? Um, well, a lot of people are more scared of the ostriches than they are the emus, where the ostriches are actually more gentle than the really? emus. Yes. Um, and the, the difference, the big difference between them is the ostriches have a round beak. So when they, if you hold your hand flat and you feed them the food, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt when they get it. Where the emus have a more of a narrow beak, so when they come, sharper. it's sharper and it kind of ticks you in that hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but like our first pasture, those ostriches are kind of a little bit more laid back because mm. people are like, okay, I, I think I can feed this type of bird. <laughs> And they try to feed it, and then they get scared, and they don't feed no more. So when you get to the second pasture, Mm. these ostriches know that you're not going to feed them because you're so scared of them. Mm. So they'll come from behind your car, and then they're really quick, and then they try to grab your food and yank it all the way out so that way they can get something to eat. I've seen them grabbing people's buckets out of their hands. Oh, yeah, (laughs) and if you have rings or earrings, they Mm. love shiny stuff. So (laughs) if you're not paying attention and like you're like me, you talk with your hands a lot and you're looking away, <laughs> they will grab your finger and they're they're not trying to hurt you but right. they they want to get that shiny stuff right. that's on your fingers or if your nails are done that yeah. kind of stuff they're like yeah. ooh what's that holy cow yeah um so because i've always heard to get an emu not an ostrich that's yeah. what most people um, say uh emus can be very docile 
Um, but it all depends on how you raise them. So mm. if you get them as a chick and you're constantly handling them and stuff, they'll mm. be very, very good. But if you get a chick and then don't touch it for eight months mm. and you go out there and try to mess with it, yeah. they grow a foot each month. <sighs> So that's they get insane. really quick, really fast, yeah. and um, that's why we tell people it's really important to mess with them when they're little. Yeah. And then yeah. as they get older, you can go, we have a couple out there you can go lay with. You can oh, rub really? the back of their necks. They're really friendly. And then we have a couple out there you don't touch. <laughs> you don't mess with. you got to figure out which one it yeah. is, though, and that's the scary part. Are you pretty good now about telling which animal's which as you're walking um, around or whatever? Yeah, the easiest the way, a lot of people always ask me, they're like, how do you remember their names? How do you know who is who? And yeah. It's just like a parent. If mm-hmm. you have twins or triplets, you know which one yeah. is which, yeah. and everybody else may not know. Yeah. And that's just how it is with these guys is we've raised them, bottle fed them, and they're, they become your kids, and you know which yeah. one is which. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they might have slightly a little different than what another one is. Yeah. So the next thing you and your dad are going to start up is uh, ostrich yoga yeah. with your good ostriches is yeah. what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, we, one of our big plans, um, it won't happen anytime soon, but it's one of our goals is we want to actually build tree houses oh. out in the park where you can rent the tree house out for the weekend and oh, kind of like feel like, over? yeah, oh, feel like cool. you're at the safari and you have the animals all underneath you and oh, stuff. Yeah, that's um, super cool. So that's one of our big plans. We've been looking into tree houses and that kind of stuff where you can come out stay the weekend yeah. and uh get really up and close and personal with them and really feel like you're in africa without paying right. all the money to fly there right. and then you might not see nothing <laughs> out there too right right absolutely yeah and you're safe too there's no predators mm-hmm. the zebras yep. got you covered oh you yeah know? there will be <laughs> no coyotes got you covered <laughs> yeah no coyotes no snakes none of that have you guys ever taken uh, ostrich eggs and like eaten them you guys we, ever do we that? haven't um I, 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 I won't. <laughs> no, because the moms, they're, even over their eggs, they're really protective. Oh, really? Um, and if you've been out here when they've been laying eggs and they're sitting on them, you'll notice that sometimes they have a few outside that mm. they're not sitting on. And the moms, they'll rotate the eggs, and if they mm. know it's bad, they'll push it out of their mm. nest. And so after they get done laying, they'll leave those eggs, and they always have them in the middle of the summer. Mm. So it's really hot, yeah. and those eggs those get rotten. Real fast. And yeah. even us going out there trying to pick them up, as soon as you touch them, they explode. Oh, and gosh. And it is so oh, gross gosh. and so yeah. nasty. Uh, um, so that's probably why yeah. we have never tried to eat one, because yeah. we just have that experience melted yeah. into our brain of oh, yeah. ostrich eggs. Ugh. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's very gross. Absolutely. So the rhea, what is? How does that different from? It's a bird. It's a mm-hmm. big bird. How's it different from an ostrich and an emu? Um, so a lot of people when they see the rheas out here, they think they're baby ostriches. They're like, mm. oh, look at the baby ostriches running around. Um, but they're actually <laughs> full grown, and they're they're probably the most docile ones out of the three oh, really? bir- big birds we have. Yeah. Um, they originate from South America. Um, and a lot of people you'll see them. They got their feathers out and they're running kind of crazy through the park and what they're doing is they're chasing flies oh they eat flies and oh, they love really? flies so a lot of some of your horse farms your cow farms they'll throw a few rheas out in their pastures and it'll help keep the flies down good idea mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're pretty cool they're they're really neat though and the little chicks they look like little ducks <laughs> they're really adorable do they sleep on the ground or do they roost at all um they all lay on the ground Those yeah, are all, no, all of birds. them are flightless okay mm-hmm. are they is the rhea smaller than an emu about yep, they are smaller yep there's uh the biggest is the ostrich and then your emu and then your rhea okay mm-hmm. and then after that bird wise you got 
guys have the uh, peacocks, peacocks and, and then guineas. The guineas. Any mm-hmm. chickens out here at all? No, we no used chicken? to have Rhode Island Reds. Yeah. Um, and then Daddy switched over to the guineas um, because he's like, oh, the people really like the guineas. Oh, yeah. People think yeah. they're little turkeys yeah. running around. Oh, yeah. The guineas are good. Um, they're but good. They're, they're good guard dogs, the guineas actually are. As soon as somebody pulls up in our yard, especially yeah. at night, I mean, they go off. Oh, yeah. They go oh, off yeah. and let you know somebody's not supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love my guineas. Yeah. Glad you guys do too. You know? Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. eat the guinea eggs if you can find them? or No, Daddy, he's a very sensey. Oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> if we ever have anything that has to be euthanized or anything like that, like mm-hmm. we, we took a buffalo to go get processed before and Daddy couldn't eat it. Really? Um, and the funniest story he told us when he was growing up is his friends encouraged him to go dove hunting. Mm. And he shot a dove, and this man was 23 years old, and he cried in the field because oh, he gosh. shot the dove. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he loves his animals, yeah. and he hates to see any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, like, if we do have to euthanize, which is it's all part of it mm-hmm. out here, um, he, he will not be around. That's your, that's your yeah, realm. He, that's he will go away, and me and Dr. Harvey, we're normally the ones to handle it all. Yeah, My yeah. brothers, they're both like him, too. They, really? They don't, they don't want to <laughs> see none of it. They don't want to touch none of it. They yeah. want to go somewhere else yeah, and go do yeah. something else. Holy so cow. I had to be the one with the tough stomach <laughs> to handle it all. So we talked about your birds. What about your hoofed animals? So what to talk to us about the zebras real quick. Oh, okay. So um, our zebras, they're probably our, our big dominant animal out here. They are definitely the king of this castle out mm. here. Um, they are in charge. Uh, a lot of people always ask us, they're like, how do you get the animals to mingle so well and stuff? And really it's just... Uh, reading the animals and our zebras are our only ones we have to be very cautious with who we put out there with them mm. so anything smaller than them they will get rid of it like or, an animal is what you're talking about yeah, or, or, like a, a, or a person yeah like our rias and stuff we we couldn't put them in there our african mm. all dads they look like big old mountain goats we can't put them in there with them so um, no nothing can be with them no, no. They'll, they'll eliminate it yeah if yeah. they weren't raised with it they will get rid of it mm. um so most of the time out there if we have a cow that has a calf Mm -hmm. and she's a first-time mother and doesn't understand how to raise her calf yet Mm -hmm. we have to be pretty on it and we have to watch that calf because if not they will get rid of it Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are like man those zebras are so mean and really it's just a natural instinct for them they Mm -hmm. are a prey animal and they are very fighty yeah um so in the wild what will happen if it's dark outside and there's a baby animal over there making a bunch of noise it's going to bring in a predator Mm -hmm. and so for them to protect their herd they're going to get rid of that so that predator doesn't come right um so they are the epitome of eliminating weakness oh yeah maintaining strength they do not play at all and if we have a new mare that we want to introduce to the herd Mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll beat her up and the it's just to initiate her into the herd they're not beating her up to be mean but they want to make sure they're not adding a weak link to right. their herd they right. want a strong force and if one starts to get old they will push her out they will tell oh, her really? hey you're not you can't be part of our herd no more they won't kill her they'll just no put, they'll not push let her, her in they'll the run herd. her away yeah. um and then earlier this year we had a yearling filly and she was born in the herd she mm. was raised with the herd all the way up till she was a year old and then as soon as she hit that maturity level they beat her up they really? beat her up they pushed her out they beat her up and so we ended up because she's so young she's mm. only a year old so we ended up bringing her 
back into the barn and mm. stuff, letting mm-hmm. her get a few years on her before we let her go back out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they do not play, and they do not take it lightly, whether it's your kid or not. They're yeah. going to they're yeah. gonna make sure that it's not going to be a weak link because yeah. what happens is you have a couple weak links. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring down the herd and the lions, and that kind of stuff's going to start mm-hmm. being more watchy of that herd because it has weaker links. Yeah. Or if you have a nice, big, strong herd, those lines and stuff like, yeah, we ain't going to go mess with them. Let's right. go, go get the stragglers that they pushed out. Yeah, yeah, it makes total mm-hmm. sense. That's intense, though. Oh, What's yeah. What's the similarities with the zebra and the horse, though? Um, so the zebra and the horse, they're part of the equine family. So the equine family is all your is your horses, your donkeys, your mules, your zebras. And with horses, um, like you'll hear all the time out here at the park, we say do not feed the zebras. They can and they will bite. Mm-hmm. And they can and they will do that. <laughs> uh, but they're also the only ones out here with top and bottom teeth. But if people who know about horses, horses can founder. And the same thing goes for the zebras. So if they eat too much, they can founder and they can die. Mm. Um, so that's why we kind of use the big scare tactic of, hey, don't feed the zebras. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you'll notice that our pellets, if you were here when we opened in 2020, they mm-hmm. were little tiny little pellets that mm-hmm. people fed. And it would get all over your car and you'd be so upset because you could never get it all out. <laughs> um, and then we switched to the big pellets. And one of the reasons we switched to the big pellets was for the zebras. So mm. when people do toss food out to them because they were scared feed them they'd toss them out food they would eat a lot of sand mm. and so that sand would cause sand colics um and so we ended Is up that going, like a clog in there yeah so horses really? equine they cannot throw up so what happens mm. is is their stomach starts to twist and once it starts to twist it can be very deadly um so Similar we ended, to like bloating a dog i assume yeah, yeah and so we went to the big pellets so that way they can pick it up a lot easier and mm. eating a lot less sand mm. um so that was just kind of a learning trial we had to go wow, through after that yeah, yeah but other than that they're they're really they're I, I have a friend who's actually moving down from florida he has a zebra that rides oh. he puts his grandkids on and all that and oh, nice. I asked him, I said, was this a zebra raised with horses? Mm. And he said, actually, I'm pretty sure it has. And I was like, whatever you do, do not take it to see any other zebra or any other exotic. Because Mm. it's like a light switch for them. As soon as they smell, hear those other zebras, I mean, they're back to their wild instinct. Just like that. And so my dad always told us, he said treat a zebra like a zebra you'll be a happy zebra owner mm. as soon as you treat that zebra as a horse you will be a dead zebra owner wow. um because they they are just so flighty and fighty mm-hmm. um and they just have that wild instinct in them and yeah. our biggest thing out here is you never trust them yeah. no matter you bottle raise them fed them you don't turn your back to them and you don't trust them that's insane yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we all have all 10 fingers yeah. all 10 toes <laughs> everybody's all still intact uh, because they we, keep everyone we safe out here yeah. like you said because they got that coyote that one oh, time yeah and, yeah dude, no they don't crazy. they don't play y'all have seen them smash rattlesnakes and all that um, from back when you said you no i haven't though. seen them do that but rattlesnakes they hear those hooves and stuff they so want to stay away, away. they yeah. want to stay away from that noise um we yeah. did have a horse uh <laughs> kayla um she's oh you still have yeah Yeah. she's still around she's she's about 34 years old and she's actually one that addison had her first year yeah but when we first had the farm out here we'd only been out here 10 years and kayla was pretty young she was out grazing on the field and she had a rattlesnake bite her on the neck and it was a half a centimeter from her jugular oh shoot and luckily our vet was here right on site and he was able to give her the anti-venom and everything Mm. and 
she's still kicking it. Yeah, she's absolutely. still hanging out. She has yeah. her little white snake scar right there on her neck. Holy um, cow. But, yeah, those were a few incidents. We did have, like, a couple goats getting bit by rattlesnakes mm. and stuff like that. And then Daddy put the hoof stock because when we first opened, you would have seen all of our cows and stuff were on our outside. Mm-hmm. And then, like, our barn's in the middle of our property, so mm-hmm. that way the snakes and coyotes, anything like that, foxes, mm-hmm. they kind of stay on the outer ring mm-hmm. of it. And then all of our young stuff or things that could get hurt pretty easily, they yeah. stay towards the middle of the farm yeah. where they're a lot safer because then all those predators have to come through a bunch of right. big hoof stock right. that aren't going to play. <laughs> but, yeah. So then you got – so you told us about the zebras. They have top and bottom teeth. Mm-hmm. But then you have the ruminants, which just have bottom teeth, yep. right? Yeah. What and, type of ruminants do you um, have? So the ruminants out here is everything from our camels, our llamas, the antelope, cows, all of that. They're all ruminants. And what ruminant means, it just means they have multiple chambers in their stomach. So they'll eat all that food, and then they'll – basically throw it back up and they'll chew their cud and mm-hmm. then they'll send it back down um and with all the ruminants they have no top teeth now your camels and your llamas they'll have some top canine teeth which oh. are called fighting teeth um but if they've been castrated and stuff they won't grow those teeth. oh really um but yeah and so it just makes it a lot safer especially with kids because mm-hmm. they'll stick their hand right in there in that camel's <laughs> mouth and it'll just be a couple bottom teeth that'll kind of grab their hand but even mm-hmm. if they bite down it's just gums up top yeah. that it's getting in so it's just a lot safer for people to feed and have a good experience and if your kid's finger just so happens to go in their <laughs> mouth they're not going to lose it right right um and then the kids they get a little bit more braver after they kind of figure that out they're like oh okay yeah that wasn't bad at all <laughs> Do the giraffes have uh, top they're, and bottom or yeah, just Yeah, they're bottom? ruminants also, okay. so they only have bottom teeth also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about some of the differences between the different ruminants. Like you got, I know you got your buffalo, you said antelope, camels, mm-hmm. like give us some. Yeah, some. so uh, we have a, we, a lot of exotic cows. So we have our Y2Cs, which are those big cows. A lot of people uh, think they're longhorns, mm. but they're bigger than that. Mm. Uh, we have Brahma cows. Those are from the United States. Uh, we have yaks, and the Scottish Highlanders are the people's favorites. So the mm. big orange hairy cows. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then besides those guys, you have our antelopes. So everything out here in the park. A lot of people convince that it's a type of deer, but in the state of South Carolina, we cannot have any type of deer in our park. Really? So everything that looks like a deer is a breed of antelope. Oh. Um, and even the wildebeest, a lot of people don't know this either, the wildebeest are a breed of antelope. Mm. Um, so they fall within the antelope family. And then your camels and your llamas and alpacas, they're all cousins to each other. Mm. And so they, they're ruminants also, but they're a lot similar. It's just your llamas and alpacas just don't have the hump. Yeah. And yeah. then your giraffes would probably be more closely related to your camels. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you guys riding any camels out here anymore? We or? we had one, Bubba, um, yeah. and then we have one that's on the road, Clyde, and Clyde okay. rides. And then Wuhan, he's our little, he's three-year-old. So he's he a was, young one. He was yeah. born during the pandemic, okay. and we wanted to give him a name that would... Uh, remind us of COVID and we didn't want to be like everybody else naming COVID <laughs> or 219. Um, so we ended up naming them Wuhan where it all started, which was Wuhan, China. Because camels, they they live 30 to 40 years. I was so, going to ask how old do they Yeah, live and be? so he'll be able to tell multiple generations about the pandemic. Um, yeah. But he's three years old now, so he's coming of age. He's mm-hmm. about ready to start 
getting saddle broke and that kind of stuff. Mm. So we're excited for him, and he's going to be a big camel. He's I think all I legs. seen him one time over in your like walkthrough mm-hmm. area. Yeah, he was over there. You yeah. could pet him and all that. Yeah, and if you were here in 2020, we had a little petting zoo. It was up here. Yeah, he was part of that, and okay. he kind of didn't get the experience like the rest of our camels do. Because what helps so much with our bigger animals is traveling. Mm. So they learn how to trailer load. They're constantly oh, on a yeah. halter lead rope. They learn how to walk on a halter lead rope. Or me and Wuhan, I just point my finger. And I'm like, come on, Wuhan. <laughs> and he'd follow my finger and he'd run all the way back to the barn. So he never had to wear a halter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember one of our employees was trying to put a halter on him out here to take him back to the barn. I'm like, no, 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 let him oh, go. Because yeah. he was crying and he oh, was yeah. screaming, like, what is this? I'm yeah. like, it's okay, Wuhan. Come on, Wuhan. <laughs> and then that Christmas of that next year, they started doing Christmas activities mm. and people rent out our camels for the live nativity scenes. Oh, okay. And so we had to teach Wuhan really fast how to walk on a halter lead rope <laughs> and he was not happy about it. But now he's kind of gotten got it over it and he's like, okay, yeah, now, now I know. But yeah, luckily yeah. he was a great little camel and he kind of picked up on it really quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some quirks about buffaloes? Um, or bison so you call them either one we, we yeah. have water buffalo we have asian water buffaloes okay. and we have the american buffalo so okay. we have two white buffaloes which a uh, pretty neat thing about them is a white buffalo is only born every 400 calves really so they're very rare and one of our white buffaloes ended up crossing with one of our highlanders so we have a beefalo whoa so she's <laughs> half highlander half buffalo she looks exactly like a scottish highlander but she has a really really short neck like a mm, buffalo interesting um but another cool thing a lot of people don't know about the bu- american buffalo is you know i-20 mm-hmm. so that was originally their migration path mm. that they took and that's how we got our first interstate oh. was the, the buffalo path and they that's made how we it got, for us yeah and that's wow. how we got i-20 Wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any uh, quirks as far as when you're taking care of them, though? Are they pretty good? No, they're you know, pretty good. Um, like I said, we try to bottle raise a lot of them. Yeah. So that way they're a lot easier to handle. They understand that we're not trying to hurt them, that yeah. we're here to help, and they see us as good things. Yeah. Um, and then the cool thing with the buffaloes, people really get excited about is they'll stick their tongue out and open their mouth really wide and you can just drop the food right in their (laughs) mouth and we're like yep right down the chute it goes and they they gotten really good with that now our water buffalo we have a little pond out there and they love the water Mm -hmm. that's why how they get their name the water buffalo but um they do really good and but they're very easily domesticated breed of cattle because in asia they use them to plow the rice fields mm. and stuff like that. And people in the States actually break them to ride. Mm. And people will ride the buffalo. Really? Um, but our our girls out there, I mean, they're right around 1,000 pounds. They are That's big, crazy. big girls. Don't upset them. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to make one of those guys mad. But we had yeah. one last year. Uh, he, he has a pretty cool little story. His name's Gandalf. Mm. So he was a white, all white buffalo that was born. And daddy was going to name him Snowman. And I was like, daddy, that's a terrible name. And that's so common. I Your said, dad hadn't seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah, daddy. I was like, name him Gandalf. That's the guy that wears all white and yeah. stuff. And so we named him Gandalf. Well, when he was born, his hooves weren't fully developed. Mm. So he was walking basically on his ankles. Is that all. normal or is no, it, it, it abnormal? Yeah. Okay. And so he was just walking on those ankles. So our vet came and we put him in a cast to split him up to get him mm. back up on his feet Mm -hmm. and dr harvey made a video and posted on his facebook page Mm. 
and we had somebody comment on it like oh you're you're just using that animal you should just go ahead and euthanize it and dr mm-hmm. harvey was like why, why not give him a chance yeah. give him a chance at life and so now gandalf he travels he uses his feet all correctly and yeah. he's a happy little bull and nice. he gets to run around and we're glad we did give him that chance because sometimes some animals there's not much you can do and mm-hmm. you can try and try and try and then you'll mm-hmm. just end up being a broke cow owner right. if you and the same with dogs yeah we love them to death but there's we have to draw that line of when mm-hmm. too much is too much right um but he was one of the ones that we were like nope we're gonna give it a shot he mm-hmm. has that potential he mm-hmm. seems to be a little fighter he was literally running around on his knuckles so yeah. he was like we think he can do it and so just a few months in cast and then after that he's completely fine yeah i mean animals are pretty resilient you know? oh yeah uh we we have another little cow that went through a lot his name is ranger Mm. so ranger was a little scottish highlander calf we got from the sale and he was supposed to be castrated Mm. well when he came home um he had a really bad case of pneumonia Mm. he had a hernia and then he was only halfway castrated what yeah so they banded him they banded him but they didn't put the band too far up so he still had half of one left oh my gosh and he was probably Uh. only two months old and so dr harvey came and looked at him and dr harvey he recommended he was like hey this calf is battling a lot Mm. to undergo surgery for the hernia and to finish his castration and then on top of that he has to recover and fight um the pneumonia he Mm. said it's a very slight chance that he's going to make it. He mm. said, I recommend euthanizing. And my dad said, no, mm. no, I think I think this cow wants to make it. Mm. And so me and Dr. Harvey went in the washroom and we're uh, doing the surgery because, like I said, daddy and them can't <laughs> be a part of none of that. <laughs> we're doing the surgery and get it, get his hernia taken care of, finish his castration, sewed him up. And after that, within... 15 20 minutes he was up and awake and he was ready for a bottle mm. and dr harvey was kind of a little blown away he's really? like man this cow just undergoes surgery and he's ready for his bottle <laughs> um but he drank and then he had to fight another two months mm. of the pneumonia and then the surgery mm. recovering from that and yeah. then he made it through it all and that's why we called him ranger because mm. you know the lone ranger was supposedly supposed to die yeah and the whole time he was alive the whole time so that's how he got his name was ranger nice the lone nice. ranger nice. um and then we had a little white cow named tonto at the yeah. time too so nice. we're like oh it all fits <laughs> there we go but yeah that was a pretty neat little story and so he's out here in the park he's a two-year-old now okay um but we're I kind of tell that story when we're out in the park and stuff. So, because a lot of people don't, they don't understand. A lot of these animals have gone through a lot, and mm-hmm. we're trying to give them the best fighting chance we can. Like mm-hmm. we have an ostrich with one toe. Her name's Uno. What? Um, she broke her toe jumping off a trailer. What? And uh, ostriches. The difference between them and emus and ureas is ostriches only have two toes, mm. where the emus oh, really? have three. Mm-hmm. And so we, it was her pinky toe, that's what I call it. It's the little nub on the side. So that's a big balancing. Yeah. uh, And so Dr. Harvey was like, "Um, we can try to amputate. Um, But he said, after the amputation, I'm not sure she'll be able to walk. Mm -hmm. Like, because they do use that toe for so much. So. Me and Dr. Harvey in there using a handsaw, had to amputate. She uh, was sedated, and it was all numbed yeah. up, so she was perfectly comfortable. Yeah, and then we're still we, just saw yeah, that. You yeah, know, it's it, like, was, oh. it was a different. <laughs> you got to have a strong stomach. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah, but 
we wrapped her up she stayed down for about a day and then after that she got up mm. and she did really good and we had to keep her up for six months to make sure it completely healed because mm. we didn't want to turn her out and it get infected, infected yeah. and that kind of stuff so she stayed in a stall for about six months yeah and we finally let her out and she was so excited to get out run with the other ostriches and she so was good to go she was perfect and so and daddy wanted to call her one toe and i'm <laughs> no well, let's call her uno for one okay there you and go. so her name's uno yeah um but yeah so she has a pretty neat little story where a lot of parks they they are in it just for the business yeah um yeah. where we do care about our animals Definitely. and we want to give them the best shot that we can yeah and like daddy always tells us we work for them mm-hmm. we don't work for yeah. anybody else we right. work for them they are the stars of the show right so without them we do not have a park. We don't have an income. Right. I'll say, Shelby, you wouldn't have your car. You wouldn't yeah. have your horses without these guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we really have to take great care, do everything we can for them. Yeah. Make sure they're comfortable and happy. And if they're not happy here at the park, we'll find them a home where they are mm-hmm. happy. Um, because we don't want to force nothing to be here if it's too overwhelming right. for them. Because right. animals, just like us, you have some high anxiety and mm. then you have some that they could care less. Whatever you do, you could shoot fireworks off of them yeah. and they wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is crazy how resilient they are. Like I had one of my Jersey Giant chickens, which is like, I don't know if you know what this it's like a bigger chicken. Yeah. But uh, he got attacked by a fox one day, but he survived. And so the fox had ripped his like side wide open. Mm-hmm. I could see his lungs and then also one of his wings. So I took him in the house. I bandaged him up. He had to stay with me in the house for a couple of weeks. But I ended up having to amputate half his wing off. Yeah. And I had to take steel shears and yeah. I was like, oh, he acted like nothing was going on. Yeah. Because he was just like, they're, that they're, wing was done. You they're know? pretty neat. And we had a zebra, uh, our original stallion zebra that we had, Zeke. Mm. He never bred, um, mm. but he was bottle raised. He was very handleable, but mm-hmm. he always liked to go mess with the cows. Really? And one day the cows finally had enough oh, and really? they gored them. And it was probably three inches from his lungs. Oh, God. And so we had to have Dr. Harvey come in. And, I mean, I put a halter on him, put my hand in. And when I put my hand in to help clean it out, I was down to my knuckles back here. Oh, gosh. And he didn't care. He was just just like, okay, whatever, you're cleaning it out. And so Dr. Harvey came, and he ended up having to put three layers of stitches in him. Oh, shoot. As soon as Dr. Harvey left, he rubbed every single stitch out. What? And within two weeks, completely healed. No scar, no nothing. Holy. And that just kind of goes to show the different between the exotics compared to your horse. If that was a horse, it probably would have been sitting in the stall for about six months Mm. to completely heal. Mm. Where him, two weeks, it was back together. And the only way you could tell where he got gored is his stripe was slightly off. Really? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, And Daddy was just so amazed about how fast they do heal and Mm -hmm. get themselves taken care of and well if they got good nutrition like you guys are providing to them they're in an optimal diet (laughs) and they can definitely heal faster yeah no but that that was really neat to see that happen when just to see how fast something like that can happen and then how fast they can recover from it yeah yeah. Um, but the big part for us was just keeping it clean kept it clean and it was able to shut right up that's insane yeah now, you guys got some monkeys or lemurs over here or something um, when yeah, you guys start ha- getting into those. We have lemurs, so we really enjoy the ringtail lemurs. So mm. those were our first lemurs. Um, and our ringtails, we they travel on the road with us. They're very handleable. Um, there's actually a video on YouTube, too. It mm. went viral a couple years ago. Yeah. My dad was at the Georgia National Fair, and the news lady was out. 
And so we had Zena on the harness, and mm-hmm. she jumped over on the news lady's <laughs> um, shoulder and put her hands in her hair. And when she went to jump to get back on my dad, her hand got caught in her hair. Well, oh, pulled God. her wig off. Oh, it was on a wig off. Live TV. <laughs> and my dad's trying not to laugh. The lady's trying to get her hair back fixed. And daddy's just trying to continue the conversation because he's like, I don't know what to do in this situation. Um, but yeah, that went viral. That's funny. <laughs> and then after that, daddy, he really kind of really liked the lemurs. They're a little manageable. Mm. The people use them as pets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then we got the black. Black and white rough-coated lemurs. Mm. So a lot of people think they look like Zabumafu. Mm. And so they're bigger. But Panda, she was our first one. She's real friendly. I mean, you can hold her. You can cuddle her. And sit there on your chest. And she'll lay right there with you. Where yeah. the ringtails, they'll jump on you. And you can pet them a little bit. But they don't want to cuddle. Right, right. They're, they're doing like, their nah, thing. They're don't, yeah. don't touch me like that. <laughs> Where the black and whites, they'll let you kind of hold them. And that kind of stuff. So we got Panda. And then we got her male, Kanfu. Mm. So Kanfu Panda. <laughs> um, and then they had three babies this past year. So oh, their nice. babies are out there in the walkthrough exhibit. And then we got another little female. And we're hoping she's bred. So then hopefully we'll have a few more. And the black and whites, they're actually on the, on the endangered list. So oh, really? there's not many of them right now. And mm. then so we're hoping we can keep breeding and sending some of the babies to some of these other zoos and parks and stuff to help continue their herds. To, I was going to ask if you guys a lot are of people, out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people what we'll do is we'll trade males. Okay. So that way you don't have inbreeding oh, and that kind of stuff Change of the bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You guys ever bring them in the house when you're relaxing? You bring like the cuddly ones in the house. My or dad used to have that problem. <laughs> I remember we had some friends come over and they were ready to go take a shower. And this is middle of winter. Yeah. And they go, they go take a shower, and I hear a scream, and they come running back, and they're like, "Shelby, there's these." big turtles in your bathtub and i'm like oh my god i'm like daddy can you get the tortoises out of the tub we gotta take a shower um but those we brought a few in when we were younger and stuff but now we're kind of more set up to where they can they got be their outside. own area you yeah can just and go like visit with them all the whatever. enclosed animals they have a heated and ac house mm, so nice. when it's cold they can go into the heat and when yeah. it's hot they can go in for the ac so yeah. that way they're really comfortable yeah um but yeah not not no more yeah. <laughs> i told that yeah. the, the dogs that's about it and the dogs make enough of a mess i said after that no more um because we used to let the baboons stay in the house and stuff mm. and i remember we had Acela's B8, he lived right here where the little black and white lemur is now. Yeah. His name was Congo. And Congo used to be part of a circus and stuff, so mm. he knew how to ride a bicycle oh, and shoot. do stuff like that. <laughs> and we went out to dinner one night and come home, and the door is wide open. Wide open. To the house? Yeah, to the house. And my dad thinks, like, we're getting robbed. What? So he goes in, and in the middle of the kitchen floor, there's cereal. There's milk poured on the oh cereal. And then all of our blood we had drawn that we were getting ready to send into the lab, he done squirted it all out. What? Well, then he goes into the living room, and Congo has a bag of marshmallows, and he has a bottle of wine, <laughs> and he has the TV on. 
and he was getting comfortable and my dad goes in there and all daddy had at the time that was on the doorstep was a training wheel oh yeah um and so he said congo you're under arrest and congo dropped everything put his hands his head down put his hands behind his back what the heck and daddy was able to walk him all the way back to his enclosure but yeah he was so smart he knew how to get out and then open the doors Holy and how cow. to get them all open and he yeah. went in the fridge got what he wanted got comfortable and yeah. then he got busted holy cow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is congo still around or he passed no away? we we ended up sending congo to a private zoo okay. um because we we prefer the baboons and we have a mm. rescue sanctuary for the baboons okay. and so congo wasn't getting messed with regularly and handled a lot and he mm. wasn't super happy so we wanted to give him a place where yeah he would be handled every day and yeah. kind of get that yeah. interaction he was wanting yeah having his best interest in yeah. mind yeah so uh, you talk about turtles. You guys have any other reptiles out here? Oh God, not, no, no, not <laughs> big into reptiles. I hate snakes. <laughs> um, but no, we do have the African spur-thighed tortoise, and they're your second largest breed of turtles. Mm. Um, but they they have their own new exhibit out there, and we've mm. had them from the very beginning. Oh, and really? So then we have a couple big ones. They probably weigh 300 pounds. Well, they live for a long time, Oh, right? a long, long time. So after my dad passes, we're going to be owning turtles, and probably <laughs> after we pass, our kids are going to be owning turtles. Um, How old are they right now, though? There's some of them we have no clue because a lot of people oh, they'll really? donate them oh, to really? us because their parents have passed on and mm. stuff and they don't know what to do with this tortoise. Really? And so they'll ask us and so we've took in a couple, um, but now it's it's getting pretty full. So daddy, we we've ended up having to turn people away. Like yeah, mm. we just don't have the space don't have for space them. For them. Um, but yeah, I think we have four or five right really? now. Yeah. And, and two do they need ones. like water? Or are they good just with land? They have a little. It's a little bird feeder, the bird baths, mm-hmm. but we took the legs off of the bird bath and put it in the ground. So they just and can so they right can into they it. can just go right there, get their water. Now their favorite thing is tomatoes and watermelons. Really. So luckily our local grocery store, the Piggly Wiggly, they'll get some of the stuff like the lettuce leaves and stuff mm-hmm. that the public they won't buy if it mm-hmm. has a little patch on it and stuff. Yeah. So they collect all that for us or tomatoes that supposedly went bad a day before. Mm-hmm. They'll give that to us. We don't have to pay for it. They'll nice. give it to us, and then we're able to give it right give it to, to them, them, and they'll yeah. eat it up, and they love it. The kale, the spinach, yeah. the cabbage, all of that. But yeah. their favorite, Daddy will go buy them a watermelon and bust it. I mean, yeah. oh, you they, see they turtles move. <laughs> I mean, they can move. We had one get loose one time, and... Um, it was during the day. It was probably happened. He, we went out there that morning, and he wasn't in there. That was about eight, nine o'clock. The turtle was missing. Really? Yeah, twelve <laughs> o'clock that afternoon. He was five miles down the road. What? Over at our neighbor's house down what? there, and they called us like, "Hey, Markham, are you missing a turtle by chance? I got one in my yard." And yeah, they, he got down there within two, three hours, five Holy miles cow. away. He's like, "I'm so, out. Yeah, I'm going for he it." Was, he was moving. <laughs> And so, like, we tell people all the time, because we used to let some of them out here before we mm. built the enclosure, and you got to keep an eye on them, because, I mean, they'll, they'll disappear. <laughs> they'll, they'll be gone. They're quicker than what people think they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What other kind of animals are you guys thinking about bringing in, if any? Um, there's a few different breeds of antelope that we really like, um, but my dad, he had another safari park guy tell him, we're not in the animal business for animal people. Mm. We're in the animal business for the public. Mm-hmm. So we can have some of the coolest antelope that we know about and mm-hmm. stuff, but to the public, 
it's just another deer. Right. It's just another deer. This right. deer's just ten thousand dollars cheaper than right. that deer. <laughs> um, so he kind of keeps that in mind. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to have some of these, like kudu and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the public don't know no difference. They'll come out to come see the little black buck and the yeah. little guy and that yeah. kind of stuff, and they're amazed by that. Yeah. Um, so we kind of keep that in mind. Um, Tristan, my brother, he just got done interning at the Oregon Safari Park. Oh. He was there for two months, um, and he kind of went. They've, they've had their park open for over 50 years, so really? they're well established. And How they, big is that one? Um, I want to say it's probably three, 400 acres. Really? Um, and so he went there, and he worked with the carnivores and um, mm. some of their zebras and stuff like that out there. But really, it was just to go, and, and like Daddy always tells us, he says, no reason to reinvent the wheel if the mm-hmm. wheel's already working for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So he went there and brought some new ideas out and brought it back home for here. And Tristan, I think he eventually, he wants to, once Daddy's long gone, he yeah. wants to bring a rhino or a hippo oh, dude, into cool. here. Because they had rhinos and hippos there oh, and wow. elephants and that kind of stuff. But that's something he's interested in doing eventually. With rhinos, maybe, are they like more assertive? You um, know what I'm saying? He, Tristan was telling us like, man, they're massive. But yeah. they're, they're just as big as some of our biggest water buffalo. Oh, really? They're really big. Yeah. and um, But he said those suckers can move. Yeah. And yeah. He, but most of the time in their park... They have um, just like you're driving in at your own risk. Mm. If they hit your car, they hit your car, and that, that's all she wrote. Yeah. But they, they've been there for over 50 years and never had a problem. I figure if you raise mm-hmm. them young like you yeah. guys do with all your animals for the most part, yeah. it'll probably be okay. So that was one interesting thing Tristan really liked that he wants to bring back. But we're the only ones that most parks don't even have camels in the mm, park because really? camels are so pushy like i tell people all the time mm. our camels have no sense of personal space at I mean, all they come right up to your window they, they will, stick their head they in the will window. stick their head from window to window and yeah. if you put the food in the back seat they will come from that front window and reach all the way back yeah. to that back seat well, to i've get seen that them food. grab people's buckets before too oh they, yeah they use like their, their uh, lips, lips like a like a fingers yeah they're right? prehensile okay. yeah so they'll use those lips but a lot of camels they get just so big and pushy and mm. putting dents in people's cars oh, breaking okay. windows okay. so a lot of people they just have a lot more problems than yeah. they do good from the camels so yeah they'll get rid of them and just kind of stick more to your antelope and cows yeah yeah super cool so uh you also do uh <coughs> eudora equine mm-hmm. when did you kind of get that idea going or how that all get kind of started so i've always been the horse person out here on the farm i remember we had these big old belgians they pulled wagons and stuff and those are horses you're yeah talking about? they're, they're kind of like, like a clydesdale yeah they're yeah. very similar um and daddy wouldn't buy me a horse and i said okay <laughs> well i'm gonna go ride these big old horses and yeah. so they were pulling horses so they had their blinders and their harness and stuff so i just took apart one of their harnesses and took mm. their bridle that had the blinders and how old were you when you were doing i this? was probably seven or eight really? um Holy and then yeah. i took two lead ropes and hooked to each side of the bridle to give me reins yeah. and then i rode bareback majority of the time and then Daddy kind of really, he's like, man, she's really into riding and she's not going to give up on it. So we ended up taking lessons down the road, literally right across the road from Mm. us. And Daddy started letting me ride the ponies we had. Mm. And so we'd tie them to the back of the truck and jog them over Mm -hmm. there for my lesson and started doing that. And then 
I really wanted to really start showing and stuff. So then mm-hmm. I went over to Wendy Arndt, who's a big time show jumper and stuff. And so I got my first import. Mm. Um, and then after that, that was all she wrote. I was, we were jumping in Wellington, Florida, Kentucky, um, Argentina, Lithuania. Yeah, we oh, went. You fly the horses? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, they fly over. So uh, we would do investment horses. So mm. daddy would spend about. Thirty, forty thousand dollars in a horse at either Lithuania, or Argentina that Wendy okay. went over and seen and tried. Okay, we'd bring it over, and then after a couple months here in the states, we'd sell it for about one hundred and twenty thousand. And so then we were able to get bigger and better horses. Yeah. And then college came, and it was either horses or softball. Yeah, and softball gave me a bigger scholarship, so mm. I got rid of all my show jumping horses. You got rid of them. Got rid of sold them all. Sold them all because trying to pay for board and these Mm. horses need to be ridden six to seven days a week. Oh, they're Um, working all the time. Yeah, Yeah. and so we couldn't afford it at the time, and so I had to get rid of them all. And I played JUCO ball for two years, and then COVID hit. Mm. And once COVID hit, I told Daddy, I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna start working. I want to save up my own money, and I want to buy my own horse. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to buy my horse. I want to buy my own. Yeah. So I finally saved up enough money. Um, and I had Kayla at the time we were doing little lessons here so I could make a few extra dollars. It's like private lessons. Yep. Yeah. And then I finally saved up enough and I found a horse and his, I have him still. His name's Waylon. Mm. And, um, Wait, is that the big one? No, that's Oriente. Oriente, yeah. So Waylon, he's my Grulo Mustang. He mm. has that long, big, beautiful mane. Mm-hmm. And we used him, um, and I fell in love. Well, when he first got here, we didn't click. Mm. We didn't click at all. And I was really? like, oh, my God, I just saved all my money, and now I got a horse. <laughs> and we don't even get along. Well, we had a few antelope get loose. Really? And he was a roping horse, yeah. So I apparently hopped on. I was in shorts. I was barefooted. You saying apparently like you don't remember? I don't. And <laughs> we went up that dirt road and we found one of the antelopes. Well, he was just doing what he was bred to do, and he went to cut it. He was running it down and went to slide stop to send it back down the road. Well, mm. when he did that, his feet caught blacktop, mm. and me and him slid across the blacktop. And I didn't have a helmet, and um, I was in shorts, t-shirt, and barefooted for some reason. I don't know why I was barefooted, but somehow I got my leg out from underneath the saddle before he fell down on the Mm. side. And so I got road rash on my hands, my elbows, uh, my knees, the top of my toes, everything, and we learned how to fall off correctly. Mm -hmm. So my head didn't hit the blacktop, which it would have done. I probably would have busted my skull. It hit my forearm. Dang. And somehow I walked all the way back from the top of that road back down to the house. And our neighbors seen it happen. So they came and checked on me. And I was just repeating, repeating, repeating myself. Mm. And so they're like, oh, she has a concussion. So they called the ambulance. And they were going to take me to Aiken Hospital. And then they said, no, she has pretty bad head trauma. We're taking her to Augusta. Really? And so I had to go all the way to Augusta. And I barely remember waking up for a second. And they were like, we need your dad's phone number. Mm. And so they called my dad and told daddy, like, hey, you got to come pick her up. Because this was during COVID. Mm. And so they could only keep me in the room so long. So then they put me in a wheelchair chair outside of the hospital what by myself what? and i'm blacked out what? like i'm unconscious i don't have no clue what's going on and they just put me out on the side of the what road the heck? and my dad came and got me and then he took me home well that happened on a 
Thursday. I thought it was Sunday of last week. Holy so I God. lost four days. I don't remember. Oh, you the, lost all that memory. Yeah, totally. I don't remember the three days before, and I don't remember the accident at all. Mm. And that luckily, that's the, probably the best part is I don't remember because the as soon as they told me I could start riding, I was back riding. I wasn't scared of nothing, yeah, didn't yeah. have that trauma yeah. or none of that from it. And then that's when me and Waylon finally clicked. After mm-hmm. that accident, I mean, we were two pieces in a pod. How was he, though? In the- he, he scraped up. He got road rash on his face, his shoulder, and his hip. But luckily, the saddle took majority, majority of, of the road rash Dang, from crazy. him. And he ran down. And luckily, we had somebody here that knew about horses. And she's like, okay, this is not normal. I'm yeah. going to untack them, kind of yeah. take care of them and yeah. put them up. And I remember, Daddy, we were in the house. We had those big windows, and there's a little pasture right mm-hmm. beside the house. And Daddy put Waylon there. And Waylon, every evening, would come to that window. Where you were at. And check on me. And so I finally got out of my crutches, went out there to him, and he touched his nose on every spot that mm-hmm. I had road rash. And then he turned and pointed out his, and I was I was in tears yeah. over there. I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry. Um, but then right. after that, I really told Daddy, I said, Daddy, this is what I want to do. He mm-hmm. was like, well, you're going to finish school. You're, you're <laughs> going to finish school, and you're going to go get your degree. And I was like, man, I can't get away from school. <laughs> so I ended up going to school to be an educator. I did secondary education, and then I graduated. Well, like any business, you got to start somewhere. And I knew if I started as soon as I got out of school, I would be struggling very mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. just trying to build it. Mm-hmm. So while I was in college, I was like, okay, um, I'm going to start doing lessons because I played softball. So during the fall, I lived three hours away. Mm-hmm. Every weekend, I would come home and do my lessons. Mm-hmm. So that means I didn't get to party. I didn't get to go to the football games. Yeah. I didn't do none of that. I sacrificed all that to come home to stay with my lesson kids so that way I could keep those kids because then I'd have to leave them right. from January to May because of softball season and then come home during the summer. So those people, I still have majority of them still with me. And then I told Daddy, I was like, Daddy, I really want to do a summer camp. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to do that. And he was like, okay, well, help, we'll get, help you plan it out and stuff and mm-hmm. figure everything out. Well, the best part about going into teaching I had lesson plans. Oh, I knew yeah. how to do all that, organize. Yeah. I knew a lot about um, child care and all that good stuff. So, so your dad was right. Finish yeah, school. <laughs> yeah. And so that helped out a lot for my first year at camp. And the biggest thing I was worried about was I'm 22 at the time. I was like, who's going to trust a 22-year-old to watch 10 kids with 10 horses? Right. And this is their first year of doing that. I was like ain't no way these people are going to let me do it. And Daddy said, well, just try. If they don't fill up, they don't fill up, and you yeah. got more years to come. And yeah. so I did three weeks of beginner camp and one week of advanced camp, and majority of them filled up. I had probably six, seven spaces left mm. out of those four weeks. Mm-hmm. And it went really, really well, and I always ask parents. I was like, if there's anything you didn't like or stuff that you'd like to know more about, or Mm -hmm. you think I should do differently, like, let me know. I'm open to all the criticism you can give me. Like this is my first year. And we literally did it in the middle of a horse pasture. Yeah. That's all I had at the time. And I was like, all right, well, I got to make some type of arena. I got to have tent. We got to have shade. We got to have water. And had some lessons learned from that. Yeah, <laughs> and so the scariest part was that first week of camp, we had that major heat wave. Oh, yeah. And it was 113 outside, and I yeah. was like, 
oh my god my horses are gonna pass out these kids are gonna pass out but i thought about softball and i was like okay let me go get those um do rags that mm-hmm. we put around our necks mm-hmm. at softball games during travel tournaments so i got those we had water kids have water breaks every 10 15 minutes mm-hmm. and we had no problem and they had a blast yeah and then the next year which was this year um i told daddy i was like Daddy, I really need an arena. Yeah. I really need an arena because he expanded the park. Mm-hmm. And so those animals that were on the other side had to move in with the horses. So mm-hmm. it wasn't safe to do it where we did it last year because mm-hmm. we had donkeys, we had a bull, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff over there. And we had nowhere to move them. And Daddy's, I begged, I said, for Christmas, for my birthday, yeah. for Christmas next year, I want an arena. <laughs> yeah. I want an arena. And so... He was like, okay, let's, let's see. We'll go up to the new property and find a spot that you like. And I pointed it out to him. And he was like, okay. And then we found somebody to come out here and build it for us. Well, it wasn't done until a day before camp started. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, we were biting tooth and nail to get it done. And I yeah. was like, now i got to get the horses up here and yeah. pray to God that nothing is scary for them up here. Because oh, yeah. now I had the kids coming, and I didn't have time to really prep them, ride them out there, get them used to it. Right. But luckily, all of them, they live with all these exotics. So they're yeah. like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> we're nowhere near none of them. They'll take and the kids over the exotics. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and so it really, really took off. So now I do a winter camp, a cowboy camp, mm. um, just to kind of give other opportunities. Like I tell people, pony camp's more the fun side. We mm. have the water side. We do a lot of crafts, that kind mm. of stuff. Cowboy camp, we do mutton busting where they ride the sheep. Mm. And they get to have a roping clinic, and it's mm. during the cold. They do a few more chores. and yeah. So then kids can really kind of find what they like to do. And then yeah. my biggest thing, because I am an educator, I wanted to make sure camps and stuff weren't just fun. I want kids to be able to take something away from camp. Mm-hmm. So we'd have special guests come in. Like last year, we had our vet and our farrier come and talk to the kids. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this year, we had an equine dentist and MagnaWave come in. So this way, kids, they may never be able to afford a horse, but they there's other opportunities in the equine world that yeah. they can get into and be a part of and learn. Like a lot of people don't even know there are horse dentists. Yeah. That yeah. Man, that all they focus in is just teeth. Yeah. And so they they get to learn about that kind of stuff and see that kind of stuff and advanced camp is a little bit different than our beginner camp, but we do tractor trailer driving. Mm. And they sit in my lap cuz I'm not letting them touch oh, so the you're gas teaching pedal. Them how to drive, drive the trailers. The trailers. Oh, and wow. so one thing we do is we actually put them in the trailer. Oh. And so I drive them around a little bit, tap the brakes a little so bit just just to teach them and show them like it can be very easily to throw a live animal around in mm-hmm. these trailers and that's why we go so slow. Mm-hmm. And so then after that they get to drive and we set up a little obstacle course and then they get to back up the trailer and learn how to do that kind of stuff and Important. like I, I told daddy I said they may never own a horse a day in their life. But nine times out of ten, one of these kids are going to drive their boat, Mm -hmm. their uh, ATVs or something on the back of their truck. And they're going to have to know how to do it. And they'll be like, well, well, I remember learning this at camp that year. We learned how to do that. Definitely. um, I mean, that's super super good. Yeah, just being able for them to take stuff home with them that horses and stuff it's fun but then they can have stuff that'll last a lifetime though i right. remember stuff our 
from my camps that mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd enjoy and then mm-hmm. went and did it. And that's stuff that still sticks with me today yeah. is stuff I learned from camps. And you're teaching them hard work and not to just be sitting there on the screen oh, all day, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And they, they, a lot of my kids, the parents, would, the biggest compliment I always got is when those kids got in the car, they passed out. Oh, yeah. They oh, were yeah. asleep. <laughs> they were tired after that day. Yeah. But most of them, they were just so excited to be out there and mm-hmm. do something and touch the horses, smell the horses. And like our first day, I tell parents, I'm like, advanced camp, beginner camp, we don't ride that first day. Yeah. They have to know how to be around them on the ground. And mm-hmm. really, that big day is just more for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. If they can't walk the horse properly, if they don't know where to be at around the horse properly, they're going to get hurt throughout right. the week. And right. we, I always have to constantly remind myself all my horses and ponies they're great they're made to do these camps and stuff but it just takes a second yeah it just takes one wrong step yeah and somebody can get seriously hurt and so i always have to be on my toes and my eyes and you can ask my dad and my friends that are helping me with camp i am a stress mm. like i'm at the end you're sleeping good yeah because <laughs> like i want them to have a good time and yeah I know I'm young, and so like I'm trying to prove to these parents, like, hey, I'm ready for it. I can yeah. do it. Um, I know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but I know I just don't have that many years under my belt, and that's what I'm trying to do. And so I'm so grateful for all the parents who do trust in me, and they come and they see how it's ran and stuff, and they give me those compliments, and it makes me feel like, okay, I'm doing it right. We're oh, getting yeah. somewhere, oh, and yeah. it's being successful. And so this year, Pony Camp, I ended up having to turn away 15 kids. Really? Because you ran out of spots. Ran out of the spots. The first year you had extra spots. This year, this year it's just I had been... no spots right. at all. That's and good. It filled up quick, and Daddy's like, "Yeah, you should do more weeks of camp." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no more." Yeah. But I think next fall, next year. I want to do an adult camp Oh, that'd be where cool. ki- parents can come out. It'd be like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they yeah. can come do horsemanship and kind of go. We'll take them on a wagon ride, let mm-hmm. them do a craft or so, kind of mm-hmm. just relax, have fun, yeah. do some stuff that they might have never ever been able to do as, if they were a kid and yeah. really kind of enjoy the horses and learn a few things. Or and maybe ride. if someone is interested in getting horses, they yeah. can come take your course first and then figure out if it's actually yeah, something they can handle or not. Because the big reason why I did camp was to help my lessons. And I told daddy, I said, let me, I'm going to do camp so I can, that way I can, it'll help encourage more people to come and Mm -hmm. take lessons and stuff. So that really helped, but I always get asked and parents or adults, they're a little afraid to ask, like, do you do lessons for adults? And so I feel like if I did an adult camp, they'll be a little bit more comfortable with coming up like, hey, yeah, I want to take lessons. And like, I try to tell my kids that are in my program that have been with me is the best horse trainers are the ones who don't know it all. Mm. They, you got to be a continuous learner mm-hmm. with horses because each horse is different, just like every person. And mm. so I know a lot, but I still go take lessons. Like I'm taking roping lessons right, right now. Right. I want to yeah. be a better roper and doing yeah. that kind of stuff. Or I go to clinics. So that way I can go learn and then bring it back to my program. Right. Um, your worst trainers are the ones who know everything and they don't expand right. that learning curve. Right. Because there, there's just new stuff that comes out. And I want to bring as much as I can back to my kids to really give them that opportunity. Because my lessons, my camps... They're all very reasonable. If you go to Aiken, their three-day camps are four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Mine's two fifty for five days. Yeah, and, definitely worth um, it too. It's just to give those kids that opportunity who don't get the opportunity to go to those horse camps that can't afford it mm-hmm. to get out here. And so I want to be able to 
give them as much knowledge as I can to mm-hmm. them that I can say in a very dumb way for them so they'll understand it a little better. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that was the biggest thing for me. And then just telling them, like, hey, you've taken lessons for two years, but I took lessons for eight years, and I'm out here, and I'm still continuing. Still doing lessons. Trying to go take some lessons, fit it in where I can, and just continue to learn. Um, and it'll only help my riding ability and only help my coaching ability because I might even hear them explain it mm. a different way than I do, mm-hmm. and it might really help me understand it. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can go explain it this way to yeah. my kids and really see if that helps them learn because – I try to do visual learning with them, so I'll video them, and mm. especially stuff I have to constantly repeat to them. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to video it, and then I want you to look. Yeah. Look where your head was, and then they really like, oh, okay, now mm. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, I try to explain to parents in ways like um, if we're driving a car, because a lot of kids want to barrel race, I'm like, if you're going really, really fast – what kind of turn are you going to have to make if you're going super, super fast? Mm. And they're like, oh, we're going to have to take a big turn. I'm like, yeah. So you have to learn how to teach your horse to slow down oh, yeah. so you can make that bigger, that tighter turn instead yeah. of having to fly and make that big turn. Yeah. And so that kind of helps them being able to break it down that way for them to understand. And I really try to keep parents involved of, like, yeah, this is what we're working on. And this is why we're working on it. Like my first lessons, no matter how advanced the kids are, we walk. Yeah. the entire time yeah um because i tell them i said camp's a lot different than lessons because camp horses they all follow each other mm. and they all kind of know the routine they know exactly what to do and if one's doing it they're all going to do it yeah we're in private lessons you're doing it by yourself mm. there's not another horse for it to follow mm. so you really have to tell them exactly what to do yeah and i always say you got to walk before you can run yeah and if you can't steer at a walk and you can't look where you're going at a walk do you think you're going to be able to do it at a trot <laughs> no you're going to run my horse into the fence or you're going to run me over yeah so we're going to get these things a little fine-tuned and then we'll move on to yeah. the better stuff um so and the kids they re- actually i'm very surprised they haven't got like i've never had one get butt hurt yeah over like oh man we're just walking oh, yeah. <laughs> um, i think they're just happy to be with yeah, the horses you know? <laughs> so they, they get really excited but another problem i've ran into with lessons is siblings mm. so a lot of parents want their siblings to do it and mm. then they ride together mm. and what happens after a few months one sibling's going to be better than the other mm-hmm. and so one either kind of gets held back mm. so the other one can catch up or the one that's further back gets really discouraged mm. because they're other ones so i always try to encourage parents like i know you don't want to be out here two hours mm. but i would separate them if you want both of each. them yeah to yeah. stay in it or not if not i give you a couple months and one of them's not gonna want to do it no yeah. more yeah Makes and sense. so then after doing that they can really see the difference because then the kids go back and they kind of tell them what they did, but they don't they don't really exactly yeah. see what the other one did. They're like, yeah, you might have ran around the barrel, but I'm sure you didn't do that. Yeah. So yeah. then they, they get a little more, especially one-on-one time, and then it's just easier for me to really focus on with them instead of having like, okay, well, this one's posting trot, but this one's loping. Like, mm. how am I going to let this one lope and this one over here trot? And they're going to be upset. Like, why am I not loping? Yeah. And then I have to explain to them, like, yeah, yeah. you're not ready for a lope. <laughs> and then that's where the discouragement comes from and yeah. stuff. So I try to tell parents, like, hey, try to separate them. Yeah, that's um, good. 
And your business for that is Eudora Equine, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So I wanted it to be a branch off the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my part that I want to add to the safari park is safari trail rides. Mm. So that'd we, be cool. Um, we're plant. That's all in the works right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I convinced Daddy to get the arena. I was like, "Well, Daddy, okay. you need oh, you a place." Ride up there. I'm like, yeah. "You got You need a place to contain them when you first get on, so you can oh, teach yeah. them the basics, so that yeah. way they're not running." <laughs> out in the open and that's how i got him to get the arena nice, but nice. we're getting ready to start we're going to start on the trails this winter this fall do start they have to do a out. camp before you can do a no, trail ride uh, it'll be open to the public oh, okay. you'll just be able to rent a horse out and you'll have a tour guide that goes okay. with you okay. and your mainly part you'll be on the outside and then there'll be a small part where you actually get to go in with the animals oh yeah but we want to ride our horses on the trail probably 100 to 200 times so they know exactly they know where, where to go. At. They know all the and turns and yeah, all that. Yeah, there's nothing new for them, um, but that's one thing that we want to add to the farm. But also with Eudora Equine, I separated it so if, God forbid, something did happen, they can't sue the farm. Right. They have to sue my business. Right. Um, that way it keeps Daddy a little bit safer and that stuff. And then we also, this year, we got riding insurance on Eudora Equine for lessons, camps, nice. all that good stuff. So that way we are a little bit more covered yeah. on that side of it. And that's why I'm glad to have my dad and his business mine and yeah. he's like yeah you need insurance yeah, um, yeah. you're gonna need insurance <laughs> if this is what you continue yeah. and you want to do and so we're getting a well up there now so we'll have okay. water and then fingers crossed in the next year or so i'll have a barn and pasture right now the reason why we don't have pasture over there is because this is the first year the grass is growing mm. so daddy wants to give it another year so it can really take root mm. if not the horses are going to tear They'll destroy it because because yeah. they have teeth on top and yeah. bottom they can pull the roots yeah. out and, and that, their right? hooves and stuff oh, yeah. are gonna, and the grass is just not strong enough so, so you're going to have pasture up there so that the mm-hmm. horses can stay up there yeah, basically we'll be able to yeah. move them and then um as soon as i get a round pen and places to separate horses i will start horse training mm-hmm. um but right now i'm very humble with myself but i know i'm not set up for it and mm. i don't want to do a disjustice to any of my customers and so i've had plenty of people asking like shelby can you take this horse train it for me mm. i'm like i would but i'm not set up for mm. it and i don't have a place to separate it and i don't mm-hmm. want one of my horses hurting your horse or mm. your horse hurting mine yeah um so i have people waiting and i'm yeah. like okay i just need a round pin and a place to separate them and then i can do it because I've, I've broke horses before i've done mm. training but most of the time it's been at other people's places okay. like i go to them or i ride for somebody and do that for them yeah um but right now i don't do it just because i'm not set up and i want to be able to have those horses away from the exotics Mm -hmm. because the exotics Mm -hmm. are just another distraction and stuff and it's very scary like we just got two new ponies in yesterday that are here for lease Mm -hmm. and i'm giving them the whole weekend to take in the smells the sounds everything because this is a very scary place for a horse they most time horses don't see anything bigger than them besides another horse so Mm. when they see a giraffe they're about to lose their mind (laughs) Um, but yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of time and luckily I'm not like my brothers, a little hot headed and eager and <laughs> I'm a lot like my daddy. I'm very humbled and know what I'm capable of and know what I'm not and try not to bite off too much than I can yeah. chew. Um, One step at a time, you know? Yeah. One and I, I, I just know it'll get there, but I know it's going to take time. It's not yeah. going to happen overnight. I'm not 
it's going to take me three more years before I'm well established right. in my business to sustain off my business. Right. And teaching's kind of the backup plan. So like yeah. if the horses don't work out, I got my degree. There's I, no backup. There's go. no backup, Shelby. Yeah. It's all or nothing. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> and so everybody's been ready for me to get back home. But yeah. teaching... Uh, the best way daddy explained it to me was like, you still have your weekends, you mm. have your holidays, you get out at a decent hour and you get insurance. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like, so teaching, cause your kids that lesson kids and stuff, they're going to be in school. What are you mm-hmm. going to do when they're in school? Yeah. That way you're able to have a consistent income coming in mm-hmm. and you have your insurance until your horses really take off and you right. can sustain on them by yeah, yourself. I got you. I got you. Um, so uh, but mine's kind of a little backwards. I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to teach unless I have to. Yeah, absolutely. Because teaching world's a little crazy right yeah. now. Well, um, you know, I do dog training, but talking about you training horses, can you give us a story about like maybe a horse that was very difficult to train or an aggressive situation? Um, yeah, I, I remember my first one that I got to train, my riding teacher, Wendy. They brought in two ponies from Mississippi. They were four-year-olds, never been touched, never been handled anything and you still call a four-year-old horse a pony yeah he, really? well he was a pony, pony. Oh, okay. he was four years oh, old okay. but he was he was just a pony oh, okay i got you. so he got wasn't going to get much bigger but um wendy and perry they told me they're like all right shelby we're this will be your first pony you get to break because i've helped with them a lot but i never got one that i got to take on my own mm. and so perry asked me he's like all right which one do you want mm. and i said all right which one gave you the hardest time yeah and okay. so cole <laughs> he kick perry in his stomach trying to get the halter on oh, the trailer dang. and he was just very wild and then the other one was gandalf there was, was another gandalf yeah and so i took cole and we, i mean i just sat in his stall for a long time until he got comfortable with me and mm. we hand walked everywhere and then i finally started saddle him and doing stuff like that and there's a whip that has a little flag on the end and mm-hmm. most of the time you use it to desensitize them mm. well this pony chased it mm. and i've never ever seen a horse chase the flag he was so excited about the flag and he just wanted to play with Had it some prey drive <laughs> yeah and i remember when we were at the barn he's been saddling great and let me st- kind of stand on the side of him never threw my leg over him yet mm. and we were in the barn um and i was in shorts and stuff didn't have a helmet here we go um, again you had shoes on this time or I no had shoes, shoes. Okay, i had right. shoes this time <laughs> but we were just standing there and i i could just feel it i was like cole is gonna let me get on him today mm. And so I just slid across, and we walked into the barn, and I was like, Barry, Barry, I won. I got mm-hmm. on my pony first, and I was whispering. <laughs> I was trying not to yell to scare him. Yeah. And then after that, he we rode and did all kinds of stuff, and then it came time to sell him. And mm. the people came out and looked at him, and I promise, Perry still thinks to this day I did it on purpose. Mm. That pony never bucked with me until those people came out mm. there, and he bucked and dumped me off. Oh, damn. And they were like, yeah, we're not getting that pony. <laughs> and they're like, Shelby, you did that on purpose. I was like, I promise you I didn't. I feel like he knew exactly. Yeah. Um, but then we ended up selling them, and I worked with uh, Kelsey Willis up here and helped him broke a few of his horses. And then this year, I got a weanling. Well, last fall, I got a little weanling. Her name's Oakley. What's that mean, weanling? So she means she just got weaned. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. So, so she, she just left her mother. Yes. Yeah, so okay. she was seven months old when I got her, and she came all the way down from South Dakota. Mm. And so she's my first one I really get from the bottom up because mm. most of them, 
two-year-olds, three-year-olds, people have already done their own kind of groundwork and mm-hmm. they kind of miss holes and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of stuff you got to re-back, go back and do with yeah. them. So she'll be my first one that I've had from the ground up. I get a train, I get a break, and I plan on keeping her. Nice. So a big thing we had happen the other day is she laid down. We mm-hmm. teach her to lay down. And okay. most of the time, a lot of people will do this with your horse just to get them to trust you. Because being a prey animal laying down, that's a very vulnerable spot for right. a horse. They sleep standing up. Right. And so I got her to lay down and rubbing all on her, laying on her on the side. And she's only a yearling now, so there's only so much I can do with her. And we've just been letting her grow. Mm. Um, but she's halter broke. She knows how to flex. I touch her right between her ears, and she'll put her head down mm. to the ground. She's taking the saddle. She's doing all that kind of stuff. And so hopefully by next fall, she'll be ready for me to start throwing a leg over yeah. and letting me do a few little rides but the biggest part i got to tell myself is i can't get impatient because right. mm. when she is two you still don't want to ride them a whole bunch because mm. they're still growing they don't finish growing till they're about four they can't hold your weight and yeah. All that. And, yeah or you'll mess up their bone mm. growth and yeah. their plates and stuff like that but you can sit on them at that age so mm. My plan is probably only to ride her five, six times within that two-year Get her used to it. And that's it. Like, let her feel my weight, make sure she's comfortable with it. And then after that, she's done and gets another year to grow until she can really start taking on that job. And the big part I always have to remind myself, too, is she is just a baby. Mm. And you can't expect babies to be grown horses. Yeah. And so she's going to make mistakes. Uh, She's going to have her days where she wants to pout and Mm. be a little kid and buck and play. And so I got to remind myself, like, I can't yell at her for it. She's just a baby. (laughs) Um, But I do hold her to a higher standard than I do most of my other horses. And I feel like she knows because she gets fed last Mm. and she gets let go last. Mm. Because some of my horses, I mean, they will paw, they will scream, they will holler when it's feeding time. (sighs) And they are really? pushy. And I, I told Oakley, I said, you're not going to be like this. You're mm. going to wait patiently until yeah. I come to you. And then you're going to wait patiently for when I come unhook you. Yeah. And so she waits and she'll do a little talk here and there. Like, oh, okay, I'm ready. But <laughs> she, she's came a long way. And I'm very excited about her. And within the past, we did a picture comparison of her from January to August. And she's probably grown two feet. Wow. within that time and yeah. so she's growing like a weed and um i have to tell people too they're like man she's so big and with babies a lot of people want to get baby horses and stuff but they're just like children mm-hmm. um you really have to get them that nutrition mm-hmm. and their minerals and vitamins and all that if not mm-hmm. you'll stunt their growth yeah and so she's supposed to be a 15 hand horse but if you don't get her all this stuff and let her grow and be a baby she'll probably end up being 13 hands because mm-hmm. she didn't get all that she needed as a baby so yeah. that's a big important thing for me right now is she doesn't get a whole lot of grain she gets more like alfalfa and her vitamins, salt, minerals. Nutrient dense foods. Yeah, just yeah. to kind of really kind of keep her growing yeah. and not a lot of sugar. Yeah. Uh, yeah to kind absolutely. of keep her head level. Because yeah. if you give them a lot of sugar, they're just like a kid. <laughs> They'll be running everywhere. But, Sounds like a lot of similarities between mm-hmm. horses and dogs, but. Uh, you know from what you're saying it sounds like relationship with the animal mm-hmm. is a big deal oh yeah before we wrap up can you talk to us about you've you've obviously handled and fed and raised so many animals oh, yeah. can you talk about the animal human relationship a little bit from your 
from oh, your experience? Oh, yeah, there's um, a few out here in our park. Um, like, I would say probably now 30 to 40 percent of the animals in our park have been bottle raised and have been handled and like we have ward peter wuhan all of them they they know their names Mm. too and they know who we are yeah and so elliot if he sees my dad my dad could be probably 300 yards away yeah he will spot him and he will stare at him the whole time <laughs> until he comes Dad's his favorite or something yeah and because daddy was the one who bottle raised okay, him so okay. he sees daddy as mama oh yeah and then wuhan and peter i just have to call them and they come running up to the wagons or if me and my dad are doing the tours mm. and we call one of them they come trotting right up because mm-hmm. they know who we are and they're like mm-hmm. oh okay yeah like come on yeah um, but it, it has been very interesting raising them and cause some of them, we don't like pulling babies. Mm. We don't. Um, but if the mom's not going to take care of them, then that's what we have to do is we have to bottle raise them. Mm-hmm. But another good thing with the bottle feeding and handling them, like we had a baby black buck last year, we bottle raised Daisy and we have another little one Duke this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we turn them out in the herd. Like the black buck, they don't come up to the vehicles yet, but mm. that bottle raised one does. Mm. And she starts to teach the other wilder ones to that it's up. okay to come up to the vehicles. Like, they're not going to hurt you. Come on, yeah. there's food yeah. over here. <laughs> this is where all the good stuff is. So yeah. it really kind of helps um, our wilder ones out there with coming up to the vehicles and that kind of stuff. And then it makes it less stressful for them. And then if we need to catch something, those bottle babies are able to help us kind of encourage them to come in so it's less stressful on the rest of the animals. They were a little bit more comfortable with doing that kind of stuff because the number one killer in your um, public parks and stuff with these exotic animals is stress. Mm. You, you get to chasing them out here trying to catch them mm. or do something like that, you can stress them out and kill them. Yeah. Um, so, like, our big thing is trying to make it stress-free. So when we're catching the zebras for their babies, mm-hmm. every evening we'll open this gate and just throw feed in here. Mm-hmm. And then they get in a routine. They're just they coming just in come here. on in. And, and then, then it's it very them. relaxing. And then the day we have to catch them, we just close the gate and then after that it can get a little hairier but (laughs) they're a little bit more relaxed because they know where they're at they know this place and they're like okay there's food in here we're more comfortable and then we don't have to chase them into there we don't have to do a bunch of darting that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff um but that that's one of the big things we always remind ourselves is we don't want to stress them and that's a big thing we have to tell our employees they're not Mm. regular cows they're Mm. not horses you can't just go out there run them and chase them because they're going to get too freaked out they're going to stress themselves out they can run into a fence anything like that so Mm -hmm. everything we do is slow and we try to do it after hours, like yeah. once we're closed, so that way you don't have the vehicles, you don't have the public out there trying to Extra do something. Extra stressors and all this. Yeah, yeah, and so then once we're out there, we can kind of kind of contain the situation a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way they we can do it safely and more relaxed for them. Like we have big black tarping. So if we can get them in an area where we can just pull that tarp out, mm. pull it out and put them in there, and then they kind of shut down and they're relaxed and we can use that tarp to push them right to the trailer so that way we don't have to touch them and freak them out and they're a little bit more calmer that way yeah yeah very interesting well really appreciate your time shelby thanks for having and uh, for the listener my daughters have gone to shelby's horse camps for the past two years they've had a great time 
And actually, one of them's a little bit younger than she's supposed to be for the camp, but Shelby <laughs> yeah. always lets her get involved. So oh, we yeah, definitely no, they've been that. great. Um, well, me and Mal was talking about her earlier today. Addison, she had a pony chicken nugget. Oh, yeah. And, um, the, the pony's name is Chicken Nugget, <laughs> yeah. not a pony chicken nugget. You know, no, the pony's his, name is Chicken Nugget. <laughs> he, she was brushing him, and she kept going right underneath his belly. And I was like, Addison, you can't go underneath them like that. You gotta go around them. She said, "No, Miss Shelby, it's okay. Um, it's just faster this way." And I was like, "Okay." She's and, a bossy. She's a yeah. bossy little girl. And Chicken Nugget, he had no care in the world, yeah. and her and him and Addison, they would just she would drop her reins, cross her arms. Yep. She was just sightseeing. She yeah. was there for the view, and she was just looking. And Chicken Nugget just knew exactly where to go. He was oh, like, yeah. "I like this kid. Yeah. She don't make me run. We just walk and hang out." Um, but yeah, those we were talking about that today. Yeah, awesome. Well, if you if the listener wants to visit Eudora Wildlife Safari Park again, it's in mm-hmm. Sally, South Carolina. You can Google it. You can Facebook it. You'll see it. Definitely come on up if you're lucky. You'll see Shelby yes, walking sir. around working. You know she's working. Um, also Eudora Equine, mm-hmm. you can find that on Facebook. Yep. Um, I don't know if you're on Instagram with that one or Not Google yet. or anything. We're getting there. <laughs> Facebook's right? there. Facebook's well, the go-to. We're hoping to get a website soon within okay. a few months or so. Well, Eudora Equine primarily for the lessons mm-hmm. and then the lessons camps too. Lessons and camps, yep. Yeah. So good to go. And then upcoming trail rides. Yes, sir. So yeah, that will that, cool. be exciting. And yeah. we're hoping um, another great time to come out here to the farms during our fall festival. We have the pumpkin okay. patch, the corn maze. Oh, oh that's right. Um, I, have, I came out here last year for that. Yeah, and ma- there's the peacocks. We got the peacocks in the background making themselves known. Yeah. <laughs> and then most of the time our pig races are here during I was going to bring festival. that up. Like last year yeah. I came, you had the pig races, which was super cool. Yeah, so some of them. And then our Christmas village uh well last year we did it and this oh. year i think we're going to do it again but is it over there yeah it's yeah. over right by the village um but you buy like a little elf passport and your kids can make an ornament make reindeer feed okay. santa claus and the grinch will be there and then some of oh, our nice. baby animals are out there with little bells and bows oh, nice, on nice. that they get to take pictures with them with santa and so that's another cool thing you, you guys update the do. facebook page with mm-hmm. all that that's coming up and everything yes sir one thing I forgot to ask about your uh, parakeet, is that what it is over yeah. there? The parakeet, parakeet cage or where you can walk in there yeah. and feed them? How'd yeah. your dad get into that? How'd you guys get into um, that? We've seen another place have it. Okay. Riverbanks has it. Okay. Um, and so we kind of took that idea and ran, yeah. like I said. And you just uh, get the parakeets and you just mm-hmm. train them to be in there. And Yep. Um, we're hoping to put nesting boxes in there so oh, then okay. they can reproduce. Oh, yeah. Right now we don't. So like each year we have to bring in new parakeets. Mm. Um, but yeah, that he's seen it at a couple other, uh, zoos and stuff. And yeah. like he always says, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. They just the stay wheel. in that area the yeah, whole time? Yeah, they have a little house, um, yeah. and it's heated and, okay. um, we can put them up and then if the other half of them travel on the road. Oh, really? Road oh, unit. you take and them so with you. Okay. They have a parakeet adventure that goes on the road too, because we already had those parakeets before okay. we opened the park. And then now we have a permanent place for them to stay when they come home. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. I got you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your thank time, Shelby. You. Anything else you want to mention while we're on, on live, Mike? Uh, no, <laughs> not really. You can come, come out come see us. Um, right now, August is our Teacher Appreciation Month. So if you're in Aiken County and you have your 
ID, whether you're custodian, teacher, principal, you can get in free oh, nice. right now. Um, okay. So that's a great time to come out. And then even if you are a teacher somewhere else, I would look into field trips. We do a big thing with field okay. trips out here. Okay, so the school can just contact mm-hmm. you. They can bring the kids yep, up. Yep, everything's on our website. And okay. it's a lot easier than going to the zoo because zoo kids are running loose. Where mm-hmm. here, they're on a wagon. They're mm-hmm. contained. Yeah. You have a tour guide that helps you through. And so then might the be teachers, Shelby. Your yeah. tour guide might be Shelby if yeah. her dad calls her. And then your <laughs> teachers are kind of able to relax a little bit, and they get to enjoy it, too because they're not worried about okay this kid's down here this kid's over there let me bring them all back together and so i recommended to daddy i'm like well do something for the teachers get them out here come see the park and that'll help encourage your field trips and stuff but yeah it's a pretty neat place and our fall like i said that's the biggest time out here it's cooler yeah the animals are a little bit more excited ready to go and um it's a lot of fun out here now i know during the uh fall festival and the christmas usually has like a food truck or something Mm -hmm. over there yeah um we have our concessions oh you do they're over there all the time we have them and then uh the funnel cake stands always here but they're only open on weekends um for right now uh but he also does funnel cakes corn dogs fried pickles and fried mac and cheese nice Nice. All yeah. good stuff. All the yeah. southern fried food. <laughs> yeah. I got to stay right. away from down there. <laughs> well, thank you, Shelby. Really appreciate your time. Yes, you, sir. You guys come on out to Eudora Farms. Check yes, it sir. out. You won't regret it. Guarantee you that. Yes, sir. So, thank you. Thank you, guys. So we just finished up the uh, podcast with Shelby. Eudora Wildlife Safari Park. I mean, great place. Yeah. And if you haven't been there, you definitely want to go there, especially if you're in the anywhere in South Carolina, honestly. You know, it's only about an hour and a half, two hours away from Charleston and uh, Columbia. It's probably an hour and a half away from Columbia, but you get to drive through, see all the animals. I mean, it's it's yeah. crazy. Then, uh, like Shelby was talking about, the horse camps that she does at Eudora Equine. You know, both my kids have been to her horse camps for two years now, and they're awesome. They have a good time. Oh, we know they like them. <laughs> we know they like the horse camps. They like the horse camps. They come so. back. They're always happy. Very appreciative of Shelby for coming on the podcast and uh, giving us a little bit of insight about what's going on at Eudora Farms and uh, about the animals. Yep. You know, we're into the animals. Oh, yeah. Now, I did get some peacocks from them, too. A couple <laughs> peacocks from Eudora. Yeah. Yeah, we're moving on from the guineas. Well, we still got the guineas, but we're moving moving up in the world to peacocks now. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about some of our sponsors here. We got Canine Revolution Dog Training, obviously. Bingo. If you need dog training, let us know. Also, mention that you're a podcast listener Mm. if you're uh, sending in some information requests. Discount? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. You never know. That's uh, something that, you know, unless you listen. You won't know. Unless you listen, you won't know. You got to ask the question. Holy shit. You know, but I will say we have had recently a couple of our listeners uh, reach out trying to get some jobs. We had one get hired. Yeah. Um, Pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, she's an awesome lady. Happy to have her on the team. So a lot going on with that. But if you're a listener, we definitely appreciate the the feedback. You're reaching out, letting us know how you're feeling about everything, letting us know your feedback, right? Trying to join the team, all that kind of stuff. Good to go. Also, check out Canine Revolution Apparel. We got our new storefront on <clears throat> Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can get you a good to go shirt. You'll be good to go. A little coffee mug. Action. Get your coffee mug. You can get you a rain jacket, a hoodie. Oh, yeah. Hoodie season's coming. Oh yeah. Got to get you a good to go hoodie because hoodie season's coming. Got the uh, fitted hoodies on there. Yeah, those they're are nice. real nice. Yeah, they're nice. Real nice and so soft. Check that out, Canine Revolution Apparel on Amazon. Also, you know it, Origin USA. Mm-hmm. code singer 101 for 10 percent off 
That's uh, products made in America. That's your boots, your jeans, your belts, your jujitsu equipment, your jujitsu clothing. They got workout clothing. They got jorts. Well, you can make jorts. You get you a pair of Delta 68s, you just cut them. <laughs> that's what, that's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, guy that uh, is a training assistant at Canine Revolution Dog Training. He was wearing jorts the mm. other day. Yeah. I was like, dude, those are nice jorts. <laughs> and I was like, I got some too. We were talking about jorts. He said he loves jorts. I said, get you a pair of Delta 68s, cut them into jorts. He said he might check it out. I feel like jorts are on the comeback. They're on the comeback. Because legit, you used to be made fun of for wearing jorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, people these But days, now, I see more people wearing them. Oh, yeah. Now, they're the go-to. Like more and more now. They're the go-to for sure. So, Origin USA. Also, don't forget they have their new roll, train, execute, workout gear line, mm. which is uh, constantly sold out. So, you just got to constantly be checking it. Get your workout shorts made in America, your workout uh, shirts made in America. They got like the gym hoodies, you know what I'm talking about? What, like cut like, off? You know, well, they have the cut off ones, but they have the long sleeve with like the hoodie, but it's like a workout shirt. Oh, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah. People yeah, are big yeah, into yeah. that. Yeah. They got them in the Raptor camo too, which I like, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, also, they got the new uh, shorts, Raptor camo shorts. You see me wearing them. I've seen you and Chris wearing them. Those are nice. Yeah. Those are nice. You guys, you guys are like always wearing them. Do you watch those things? You're like always wearing I them. I have a couple pairs. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure. All right. We'll go with that one. All right. So Origin USA, code SINGER101 gets you 10% off. We're proud to be a partner with them. And then also Jocko Fuel. That's mm. your Made in America supplements. Time to get juiced up on right. some Jocko. You got your milk, which is your protein. Mm-hmm. They got the milk powder. Yeah. They got the milk ready to drink, which is just you pop the top, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Then they got the milk cookies, which is like if you're needing a cookie, but you want that protein, yeah. you just get the milk cookie. Now you got the cookie and the protein Com- combination. They need to start looking into making packs of them like Oreos, but just Jocko cookies. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Little oh, mini yeah. ones that you can chew on, you know? That'd be good. Have a couple. Like some Chips Ahoy chewy. Yeah, like, Jocko ones. Yeah, but they're milk yeah. cookies. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'll email Jocko. Yeah. I'll email him. Yeah. <laughs> I do need to get some more milk, though. But I will Way say I have uh, uh, one of my go-to things throughout the day. You know, I usually eat four meals a day. Uh huh. Yeah. One of those meals is like a combo. So I got some frozen fruit. I'll put that in a blender cup. Right. Uh-huh. This is how I do it. I do water first into the blender cup, about a quarter of the way up, and it's like a thirty-two ounce cup, so it's pretty big. Right. In a ninja blender, which gets it done. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So put the water in. Put your Wyman's frozen fruit in there. I get that from Publix. Right. I'll usually do like two hundred grams of uh, like banana strawberry combo frozen dump it in there then 100 grams of the wyman wild blueberry frozen dump it in there no it's not 160 grams of that put that in there ha that's good (laughs) then you put scoop of milk Uh flavor of your choice right now i'm on the mint chocolate chip train Uh so get a scoop of that put that in there that tastes like that makes it taste like dessert Uh you put one scoop of milk that's 22 grams of protein yeah then i put two scoops of jocko greens in there right because the Jocko Greens, I think one scoop is for like estimated 2,000 calories. I eat a little bit over 2,000 calories, so I'm like two scoops. Right. Two scoops of the Jocko Greens pineapple coconut flavor. Ugh. Then I get the uh, Jocko Creatine one scoop, and it's a small scoop. One scoop of that, which is five grams of creatine. Put that in there. So I got all my powder. a lot of flavors there. in one. Then 
On top of that, I put a little bit more water, and then I get some Chobani Greek yogurt, non-fat. Oh, yeah. Right? Because I'm still, you know, on my weight loss, uh, fat loss phase. Right. So I get that Chobani non-fat Greek yogurt, plain. Yeah. Get that ready. Nine ounces of that in there. That's getting me a lot of nutrients. Calcium, protein. There's a lot of protein in that Greek yogurt, too. Yeah. Put that in there, you know, top it off with some water. You know, put the top on it, blend it up, good to go. <laughs> Sounds like your cup's full. That's a meal. Yeah. That's like, that, that's, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's usually my third meal of the day yeah. is I'll have one of those. You got to drink it. Yeah, but the milk helps you get that extra protein in there. The greens help to get those micronutrients in there. Yeah. And you got the creatine. I mean, it's critical. Yeah, critical yeah. part of the whole shake, the whole ordeal. That's uh, you know that's a dinner. That's dinner. <laughs> that's dinner for me. <laughs> The Giovanni yogurt's good too. Yeah, I got the You combine them all, you're good. It's like better than ice cream. Whoa. Well, sometimes. Whoa, that's a saying. Sometimes you can put one or two scoops of ice cream in there. You've had to experiment. Up it up a little bit. Yeah, you play around with it a little bit. Yeah, you got to, you know, experiment, you know, with the flavors. So, anyway, Jocko Fuel, that's the milk side. We already talked about the greens, those micronutrients. But, you know, I'm into the Jocko Goes, yeah. which uh, with Shelby, I had a uh, 50-50 mm-hmm. iced tea lemonade, brought oh, yeah. her one, too. Oh, yeah. See how she likes it. I'll, I'll hit her up for some feedback later. But if you want Jocko Fuel, I mean, it's clean fuel, clean supplements, made in America, made for you, made for me, made for America. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Code Singer 101, 10% off of that. And you're supporting the podcast, too. So we're very proud to be partnered with them. But we're also proud to be partnered with some of our digital certificate partners. These are local businesses to the South Carolina Low Country that are going to help serve you, right? And we've created this program uh, to help our alumni, our program uh, participants, right? And so the first partner we have is DT Mobile Detailing. David, U.S. Marine Corps veteran. He'll come wash your car at your convenience which you know I'm big on because Canine Revolution Dog Training, we are at your convenience too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're coming to your house. David's coming to your house. Yeah. If you work at an office and you want your car washed while you're at work, call David. He'll come to your office. Doesn't matter if there's no shade in your parking lot in the middle of the summer because David doesn't like shade. He likes the heat. <laughs> he gets after Because he's a former Marine. Yeah. He is a Marine. Don't say former. Because <laughs> I said that one time. He's like, still am. Oh. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't piss him off. DT Mobile Detailing. Yeah. Then we got Sharpshooter Pressure Wash, which is pressure washing for your house, mm-hmm. pressure washing for your chicken coop, pressure washing for your driveway, for your sidewalks. You know, the owner of Sharpshooter Pressure Wash, technically, Chris Tipton, our trainer, his brother, Josh. Technically. Yeah. Uh, all is well Somerville that's your holistic pet care I mean they got the food dog food cat food yep. dog treats cat treats allergy tests allergy tests they got the raw food they yeah. got the derma ease which is your uh, skin antibiotic uh, you yeah. know if your dog has a hot spot put some of that on there psh, good to go yeah right did you ever get your allergy test back I did what did it say uh, what didn't it say <laughs> it was a oh, 11 page chart oh dang uh got a lot of stuff a lot of level three a lot of level threes on there uh i mean it was just there was so much on there i i'm like i don't even know how to read this but there it goes down by like legit breaks every category of every single thing Mm. like it seems like Mm. from food to uh outside elements to uh like material that it's like cotton Mm. she's allergic to cotton really yeah so if you have like a cotton thing on her bed 
yeah i know which i do which Mm. i do and i'm like what the hell because she's like level three cop Mm. level three allergic that's the worst the worst one oh gosh and i'm like what the f she's in the red zone yeah and she's uh level three with uh cheddar cheese cheddar cheese which i give her cheddar cheese don't give her cheese treats you know what i'm saying she loves cheese but she's she's not allergic to swiss cheese oh that's good so maybe i'll mix it up for you american cheese level one so swiss cheese only then oh well yeah provolone cheese yeah provolone cheese. uh i don't remember but it does have it on like they have every cheese on there i mean that allergy test that all as well has is like it's like you said 11 pages it's so detailed i know (laughs) i haven't looked at aura's but i looked at another dog's allergy test and that thing was huge and it was like green yellow red you know letting you know what your dog's allergic to so you can tailor yeah what you're doing to your dog's allergies you know to avoid them and then if you take that into all as well to help structure a diet program for you, that's going to make those allergies as alleviated as possible. Well, that's too. my next step then because <laughs> she's allergic to some beef stuff. Mm. Well, like not beef, but like uh, beef liver. Mm. Allergic to it. Really? Like level two. Interesting. And I used to give her beef liver treats. Oh, yeah. Like a, a, a kind of beef liver treats. Yeah. And I'm like, what the F? Yeah. You know? And their food is, uh, which I get from all as well, mm-hmm. is uh, beef. Has beef uh, liver in yeah, it? No, just normal beef. Oh, it's yeah. like whatever the red packaging is. Oh, yeah. Uh, but she's allergic to some fish. She's like, so she's allergic <laughs> to some chicken. So it's like, what the heck do yeah. I give you? Yeah, she, yeah, apparently, yeah. she's allergic to white rice, too. Oh, that's or, uh Yeah, the only rice that is apparently good to go is uh, wild rice, mm. which I'm like, what the F? Yeah, you know? that's crazy. I would but, definitely uh, like once I get the allergy test from all as well. I definitely would take it into them, review yeah. it with them, get their feedback, let them know what kind of diet, you know, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely gonna talk to them. Definitely talk to them, boys. Well, you know, all as well has like the raw section. So if you're into raw diets, you can go over to that section. Then they have all their kibbles. They have their canned food. I mean, they have everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So walk in there, tell them that you have the uh, digital certificate. Show it to them. You're gonna get the perks with them. Uh, we're also partnered with Carolina Premier Inspections, which is home inspections, also townhomes, also apartments, also anything you need. Bob. So, Bob, he'll take care of it, you know. And uh, if there's a problem with your home, if there's a problem with the home you're thinking about buying or the unit that you're thinking about buying, Bob will find it. Call Bob. He will find it. Oh, yeah. He will find He's it. He's a uh, master. Master inspector certified. Rare. Yeah rare title he's gonna find that problem he's gonna exploit it he's gonna let you know <laughs> what's going on i don't know about exploit it yeah but he's gonna definitely let you know what's going on what needs to be done and if you're a buyer of a home or a property i mean that's to your advantage yeah you know what i'm saying because it lets you know what you're getting into if you're a seller that's to your advantage as well if you get that home inspection done before you put it on the market because again you have the information needed you have the most robust and informational uh, inspection report possible, right? You could make some changes. You could use it to negotiate in your in your favor, right? Yeah. You can do a pre-drywall inspection. That way you know that the studs and all that are not going to have settlement issues as time goes on. You could also do a maintenance home inspection, which I do every five years. Have Bob come out, check the house, let me know any updates that he's seeing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, super important to stay on top of that stuff. Then you got Bob's other business, which is Carolina Premier Pest Control, your termite bonds, termite inspections. Uh, You're in the house pest control. If you got ants, he'll take care of it, right? If you got spiders, he'll take care of it, you know? 
you had the ant problem. I had the ant problem. They were coming up. The I crack. called. I called Bob. Good to go. Yeah. What was the problem with the ants? Uh, there was ant hills like where our house was built. Mm, there was built like on an it was built colony. on like a yeah a colony. They were underneath yeah. the uh, underneath the, the pad. The yeah the pad. And the they foundation. Crack. That's the word I'm looking for. And they yeah they started coming up. And uh, so he put some poison out, you know, yeah. like these little little tiny pellets. Oh, that they take back to the queen. They take it yeah. back and then, yeah, got they, you know, get, got some, get some. Yeah, absolutely. And then he gave me some extra too, extra bait just in case it nice. came back. You got the perk. Yeah, just you show him the digital call. certificate. You told him you're with Canine Revolution. I just called Bob. Yeah, he took care of me, boys. <laughs> or Bob and Eric. That's the thing. He will just take care of you. Yeah, you know, he'll just he'll just get it done. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. But, you know, me, I got the, because uh, he also does mosquito control. Yeah. If you got, like, mosquito problems. But, you know, me, I got the chickens. Oh, yeah. I got the guineas. They're in my yard. They're peacocks. foraging. Yeah. We got the peacocks. They're foraging. They're they're handling the pests, the, the yard barrier. Yeah. And we had to modify our mosquito uh, treatment plan so that there was no effects on the chickens, the guineas, also the beehives, mm. you know, because mosquito treatments can't affect bees, too. We didn't want that to be a problem because we need that honey. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, Bob will do that. He'll customize it to your your program. And Bob's a big bird guy. If you talk to him, he's got some birds, but he's a big bird guy. So he wants to make sure the birds uh, good to go. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. All right, our next partner is the Velasquez Company. That's Antonio. Yep. And his crew, they do painting, they do fencing, they do some drywall repair. You can ask him; he'll help you out. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but just like with maintenance of your vehicle. You know, which we have David for DT Mobile Detailing, maintenance of the exterior of your home with your pressure wash. You also need that paint to be maintained, right? Yeah. Even your interior paint. Yeah. So Antonio, he'll take care of you. Need your fencing painted? He'll do that too. Yeah. Right? So get that done. Hit him up. We also got Black Force MMA, which is uh, maintenance for your body, maintenance for your well-being. You know, as the world gets crazier and crazier, you see more stories popping up of, hey, this person was mugged. This person, something happened to this lady. Mm-hmm. You know, this, there's that story of the lady in the in her apartment gym. She's working out. Yeah. Dude gets in there. Dude's starting to attack her. Yeah. She had some jujitsu knowledge. She was able to defend herself, get away from the aggressor. Yeah. You know, but if you knew nothing, you would not be ready for that. Yeah. Right? And if you had never trained yourself to, to be in physical contact with another person, you'd never be ready for that kind of stuff. That's where Black Force MMA mixed martial arts comes in they have a weight room there you can use like if you have kids that do the kids classes there you can work out while you're waiting for your kids to be done with class yeah then you can do the adult classes if you're an adult you can do judo which is like your throws you can do kickboxing you can do boxing you can do jujitsu which obviously i do you know what i'm saying and uh dwight he's been on the podcast you know got a big history of stuff he's also in the mixed martial arts hall of fame yeah so i mean you got a world-renowned guy black belt they're teaching everything you know what i'm saying so definitely check that out he also does women's only self-defense classes every so often so check those out as well then we have kane bay chiropractic which is doc anthony he's been on the podcast twice i see him once a month to keep my back aligned back in check right in kane bay over by Publix in the south carolina somerville area so check that out get your back in tip-top shape and you know, Ben actually forced me to go to the Doc Anthony the first time. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I was the one that introduced uh, Chad to because uh, you were complaining about your back, right, yeah. or something. Yeah, and I was back. going to him because I had a back issue, mm-hmm. lower back issue, mm-hmm. and uh, he told me what was going on. It was my core was weak, my legs. Mm-hmm. 
you know, your back muscles pull against your leg muscles. He'll call you out. Yeah, he's educating me as well. Yeah. And then I was like, well, John, I need to get Chad over here. And then I literally just scheduled Chad an appointment. And I was like, hey, you got an appointment on this day. And Chad was actually like, what the hell? Like, he was like, didn't want to go. And then he went, and then uh, now he's addicted to going. (laughs) Makes a big difference. I mean, when he did the test on me. My black, my uh, back was, oh, in, yeah. was in the black, which That's is right. like the worst level. Yeah, my right side of my upper back was in the black. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so we had to do some major adjustments to get that corrected, which we did. Now we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I mean, you put a lot of toll toll on your back more than you think, just in your everyday life. So definitely worth it. You know. Yeah. Um, also, we have partnered with Lanzara Defense uh, Strategies, which is Doc Anthony's self defense business, right? Concealed weapons permit, defensive pistol tactics. Those are his main courses. So you can uh, sign up for those after you get your back adjusted if you want to. Yeah. Right. Or you don't have to get your back adjusted. You can still sign up. Get an adjustment, then go to a class. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, also, new new uh, program partner, Aquafusion IV Hydration. Whoa. This is a Canine Revolution alumni. Okay. Yeah. That's... Hank and Rush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, basically you go to them. They can uh, supply your body with vitamins, nutrients, and hydration through an IV. So, you know, this made me think of back in the day, you're at college, you're partying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, had yeah. one too many boots. <laughs> you got to perform the next day. Yeah. So you get up, you run over to Aquafusion IV Hydration, you get that nutrient, you get that vitamin, that hydration put right into the bloodstream. Now yeah. you can operate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or. Oh, yeah. Let's say you got something coming up. You know, you got a big party coming up. <laughs> you want to be <laughs> hydrated before you go there. So you go to Aquafusion, then you go to the party. Yep. Or let's say you got a big event coming up, like Walk for the Fallen, 30-mile walk, or a marathon, yeah. you know, 26-mile run, or triathlon, whatever. You're going to need those nutrients. You're going to need that hydration. So you can go before, you can go after, you can go before and after. Yeah. Get yourself squared away. So check them out there in Somerville, downtown Somerville area. Nice. Also working on some other partners. So if you are a business owner, you want to partner with us, let us know. And uh, you can get your digital certificate at www.kineticrewards.com. It's a separate website from our main one. We also have a video on that uh, site that tells you what to do once you download your, uh, your digital certificate. All right. Um, on YouTube, we have a Pack Talk podcast YouTube channel. You can watch the episodes there, you know, or you can listen to them on your favorite podcast platform. But on YouTube, we're putting some extra stuff up. So one thing we put up was a guest speech that Antonio did an event for young men. He asked me to come speak about discipline and this and that. So I talked about discipline in a bunch of areas of life, finances, uh, time, you know, routines, uh, other stuff i totally forgot other other things yeah. i talked about i mean it was a it was yeah it was, it was a good pretty, it was, it was a pretty good in speech, depth uh, yeah you know pretty in depth so yeah if you want me to be a guest speaker at your event you can email me chad singer at canine revolution dog com. we can set that up if you want to watch that speech you can go to youtube on our pack talk podcast channel watch that speech we titled it achieving freedom because we try to hit all the major points of life you know time finances uh, you know, home maintenance, vehicle maintenance, things that you don't really think about. Investments. You know Investments. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Especially in today's world. Money management, financial responsibility. Investments. You got to look at what's coming up. They say that AI, artificial intelligence, is going to be the next big boom. You know, back several years ago before the internet was a big thing, 
if you had invested a thousand dollars into a business like Amazon, it'd be a million dollars today because of the boom of the internet. Yeah. The AI boom is expected to be in 2030. Yeah. So you want to pay attention, get yourself set up right. Don't put yourself in financial hardship. You know, don't put all your money into something like that, but take a percentage, put it in there, you know? Yeah. Set yourself up for success. All right. If you are a business owner or a dog trainer, you need someone to talk to, you need a coach, you need a consultant, you can email me too. Chad Singer at caninerevolutiondogtrain.com. We can talk. We can, you know, help you get set up, get squared away. And uh, also, we just want to thank our military, our first responders, our teachers for all you're doing, you know, supporting our country, making sure we can be uh, free, make sure that we're taking care of teachers, raising the next generation. Also, government contractors, you know, supporting the military, supporting the Department of Defense. They go on deployments, too. Yeah. You know, um, like we said, teachers raising the next generation, they're doing a lot, you know, and uh, they're doing more than they're underpaid. You know what I'm saying? They're not getting paid for everything they're doing. They have a passion for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, definitely, you know, very uh, thankful for all you guys. If you need dog training, reach out to us. We'll help you out. Get everything squared away. And as always, we like feedback. So please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform, wherever you are listening to this right now or watching this on YouTube, leave us a comment, leave us a review. It it helps us uh, beat the algorithm. Yeah. You know, helps us to uh, reach more people, educate more people. Plus we like feedback. So -hmm. if you got feedback on what episodes you like, what episodes you didn't like or episodes that you want to see, you can reach out, you can let us know. We've got several episodes planned out for the rest of 2023. We've got some big topics coming. We're oh, yeah. be talking about longevity. Of course, we got Veterans Day coming up. We got Halloween coming up. Oh yeah, you know. I'm gonna put a that. giant skeleton in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of those dog skeletons. I got one. I got oh, a Frenchie one. Oh nice. But uh, I want to go big on the on the yard decor this year. Oh, you're gonna go hard. I'm gonna, I forgot I'm gonna, you're a big yard guy. I'm gonna. <laughs> I need to take a trip to Lowe's and start. Start looking at what I'm going to be getting. They're putting up the they're putting up the stuff right now. Uh, are they? I don't yeah, know. I'm sure they. Are. I know. Yeah, probably be it. Yeah, actually, it'll be soon. Won't. They normally do it like two months in advance. Yeah. So we got some big podcasts lined up. We got Ben's yard getting lined up. He's thinking <laughs> yep. about yeah, it. Thinking about the yard plan. Yep. <laughs> you got Christmas right after that. I know. I got to start plan planning Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Pack Talk Podcast out.